Everything cool. recording? We're good to go? Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for coming, man. Like, yeah. uh, it's awesome to, to have you here. And I know there's kind of been some trouble running into some, some snags right here before we got you here. But, um, yeah, so so let's just, like, pick up right where you were just talking kind of about the VA stuff and and what you're dealing with with that. Like, it's just it's, – it's, it's wild. I mean, you said – you know, you, you've got a prescription and you're needing to get something done. And anybody else, it's like, uh, you know, there's a, obviously a rush and you get straight to the to the uh, Walgreens or whatever and you can pick your prescription up. But with the VA, they're having to hold it because they said your medicine's too expensive. Right. Which right. is, it's probably like a, you know, a 35 cent pill. And uh, and then whenever it comes to you, it's, what do you say, 400 bucks or something? Yeah, it's, so it's $500 for the month. Um, and they want to try one month of it. So instead of, you know, this... We were talking about this earlier, me and my wife. We're like, it's 500 bucks. If it works, isn't that a cheaper alternative than another $6,000 scope? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's wild. So, yeah, so if it's a one-month thing, so what, it's supposed to cure it after a month or make you feel better after a month? or? Um, I mean, so that rules out basically any anything else. Like, I just am going to have to take, you know, a laxative every day to take a shit. Yeah, yeah. It rules it. I mean, it rules everything else out. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm actually it, it's it's uh it's crazy that you even brought this topic up because like I've been having um, kind of the same kind of issues. Like I don't know if it's just as you get older or what, but things don't work like they used to. And uh, I've gone through all kinds of stuff. And it's like uh, instead of being able to diagnose you and tell you kind of what's going on, they they don't diagnose you. And they keep not diagnosing you until they have everything undiagnosed. So instead of figuring out what your problem is, they tell you what your problems aren't. And I've been, like, I've done testing and all this stuff for, like, two years now. Colonoscopy, uh, scans. I mean, I'm up to my ears in, in different scans and things that haven't worked. And ultimately, like, I kind of just threw my hands up with it all. I'm just like, I'll just deal with it. You know, I try to change my diet. I'll try to do certain things that I can do um, for me. But... It's like you could just keep throwing money into right. this pit, and they'll just keep telling you, well, it's not this, but now that's off the we, – we've ruled that out, so let's just keep going. And then ultimately, I know a lot of people, it's like you rule all these things out, and then they're like, oh, well, you got IBS you know, or something like that. And usually IBS is just like a catch-all for when they don't know what the hell's wrong with you. So, okay, so you're, you're two years in. Um, so I started going to the VA for stomach issues in 2016. It took, it took a month of me going to the ER every weekend, like, hey, I'm in so much pain, I don't know what to do here. Took a month. They did a scope. That was my first scope in probably September 2016. And it was so bad, that gastro doctor, as soon as I woke up, was like, I want to start off by apologizing to you. That it took so and, long. And they had, let it, they had let all that acid in my stomach get so bad, like the bottom of my esophagus, he's like, so if you were riding your bike on gravel and ate it, skin your knee up, that's what your esophagus looks like right now. Ugh. Like, so I can only imagine the pain. So yeah. then he's like, when you do another scope, six months. Well, every time, well, you're not getting any better. It's actually getting a little worse. Let's do another scope in six months. Are they doing down your throat scope? Yeah, so just, just uppers, just uppers. Four, so that was about three and a half years. And finally, they got, I think they just got pissy with me. You know, not getting better. They're going to have to do something. So they're finally just like, well, go to Mercy. Go somewhere else. We don't want to deal with it anymore. So I go to Mercy. Doctor was awesome. He's like, I'm scoping both ends of you. Like, yeah. you know. Um, you think and, they'd have done that 
And that was kind of a funny story. Scope both ends of me, and it was Valentine's Day, and hey. he's got the lights all down low, and I'm like, "Where's my, <laughs> where's my box of chocolates?" You know, um, you, you you talk about a funny story. I didn't. Whenever I did my colonoscopy, I didn't have him put me out. Oh man. Yeah, I did it all awake, oh. and uh, and it was unusual for me and unusual for them because you know they're used to like people being out and kind of you know not being able to do anything while you're in there. You're just kind of a limp body, but. You know, they kept move, trying to move me around. I'm a pretty big guy, so I'm pretty heavy, you know. And I told the nurses, I'm like, if you need me to move a certain way, just tell me. And uh, they started laughing because they're like, we're just so used to people being out, you know. Right. But it really wasn't that bad. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I would recommend it for people. But I have something with, um, you know, IVs or drugs or anything being put in my body. I just don't like it. Yeah. Of course, I guess, except for the scope. I had to put that in there. But, but you know, uh, you know, I've had teeth pulled, and I don't have them do any numbing or anything like that. It's, no, it's no, put, put me out. Yeah, that's how most people are, I think. That's, I'm just not normal, I guess. And, but, and so that was the difference in the VA and Mercy. As soon as I woke up, he's like, we're getting you scheduled for surgery. Wow. Just like, just like that, as soon as I was awake. Wow. So yeah. what did they end up having to – what they do? So they did a Nissen fund application. So basically they wrap – you're a, so, so they let it get so bad, my esophagus didn't even really have any swallowing power left. Wow. It was like I had to do a swallowing test, brutal. You swallow this like fishing line, mm. and it dangles in your throat, and then it, you got to do these series of swallowing tests. Worst, worst thing, probably the worst medical thing I've ever done. Oh. It was terrible. I'm gagging the whole time, wanting to throw up. <laughs> and um, so they wrap your stomach around your esophagus to pinch it back up and make it tight, keep the acid from coming back up. I think they up. did that to my mom because um, she was having a thing where acid was coming up all the time. So that's how they fixed that. Yeah. Um, and because they let my stomach get like to where it had no swallowing power, he had to wrap it like not very tight at all. Well, it slipped less than a year later, so they had to redo it. And this time he's like, look, I'm wrapping it tight. You're just going to have to start swallowing like a man. You're going to have to learn how to. Fair enough. And it hasn't slipped. Yeah. Um, so he was, I mean, he was an awesome doctor. He's like, I, it's going to, like, you're active enough if I don't wrap it tight. You're probably going to do stuff to make it slip again. So is that something where, I guess, so and even even still, I mean, that's probably in the future, another one of those surgeries probably. Oh, yeah, because he's, I mean, no, you know, no heavy lifting anymore because you just put so much strain on your stomach. Yeah. Um, you know, your intestines, no more heavy lifting. You know, I just got to be, I just got to be mindful of what I'm doing. Uh, um, but it's been, it's been worth it. Yeah. Um, it has helped. It's feel, helped tremendous, feel a lot tremendously. And then that was another thing, you know, Mercy, both those doctors were like, well, you're, I mean, we're just not going to sugarcoat it. You're high risk for cancer now. Oh, great. I'm like, oh, thanks. Because of. They, because the VA let it get so bad. Oh, my God. And that acid was just eating away at my esophagus for so long. Yeah. You know, it was all scarred up. And it was like, unfortunately, yeah, high risk for throat cancer. And That's wild. Uh, well, see, you know, so when I had my colonoscopy, they found like a polyp um, type deal in yeah. there. And, um, and so I've got to have colonoscopies more regular than most people because I guess they're worried about that. But um, so... I don't know. It seems like every time you go in to have something done, they find more problems that, that they're going to wow. have to fix eventually or something. So, and that's what uh, I'm, that'll be my next appointment. I think once we can get this figured out. Yeah. Um, 
going to do, you know, a blood test for the heavy metals for the burn pits and see. Yeah, yeah. So you said something earlier about um, cooking over uh, uh, pallets with chemical treated uh, treated lumber in them. And I think I may have accidentally done that, like a timer, probably just like once, maybe with just like one chemical board on there. But I can't imagine like a complete fire of complete treated lumber um, and then roasting hot dogs or something over it, but. Yeah. Our, well, anytime, anytime our kitchen, you know, we had a, they had like a little tent kitchen. I'm sure there's some army acronym for what the cooks call it, whatever. Um, and it was breaking all the time. So they're like, well, here's this food. Like you guys, if you don't want MREs, you can just find a way to cook it yourselves. Well, they, you know, we had all these pallets from where these supply convoys would come in and we just bust them down. So we got this treated pallet wood and you know we're oh, gr- we're man. like grilling burgers over this treated pallet lumber <laughs> smoking them yeah like <laughs> you know so there i mean well that was all i mean that was all you had you know and it's, yeah. yeah whatever yeah there's uh, probably not much trees it, out in, no where, it, wherever it, you're at. you know and it did it i mean it can't be any worse than that burn pit smoke 24 7 mm-hmm. blowing over your head yeah so so tell me so you, you say burn pit. I've seen, like, you know, like, I'm completely ignorant to most of this stuff. But like, I've seen in the movies where they basically just, like, you know, they'll light diesel on fire, and then they'll take old stuff out there and kind of throw it on and burn things up. Is, Everything. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, so, sewer, right? So, like, now we had we had Porta Johns uh-huh. um, that they, like, did for us every day, um, which I don't understand how, like, the Afghanis had... Like a pump truck, like you'd see over here doing porta john business. They're doing it right. Yeah, yeah, we're in the middle of the mountains. I'm like, yeah. How do you guys have this pump truck up here? You know, uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, right outside of the wall of our compound, you know, picture an excavator dug a you know twelve foot by twelve foot hole, ten foot deep, and literally every everything, food, um, you know, baby wipes, whatever trash we had, um, it all went in that burn pit. Every, everything and i remember times where like platoons would do battery changes on all their op you know on all their optics everything and you got uh-huh. a box of batteries being dumped in there alkaline lithium all that smoke just all day there's no break there's there is no break from that all that waste from everything over there just you know, all one that, all pile the, the food the pl- i mean the plastic black the smoke plastic. probably non-stop and uh no nah, the Burn pits couldn't be doing that to you guys now. No. Yeah, man, it's it's wild. But now you're back in the states and you throw a tire on a fire here in the states on your own property somewhere, man. They're, they're gonna come bust you. your ass yeah. for that. But they're doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean that's to me that's like our government and, as and a, they, a whole. They, and and you know we're not. I mean not not to go political, but you know they just passed this like burn pit bill. Oh really? But what they've done was they excluded any kind of cancer. It's not covering any kind of cancer. Which is probably primarily what you're going to be dealing with from it. Right. You know, inhalation and stuff like that. Because I think even like when 9-11 happened, like all the dust and debris and smoke and all the crap that was burning there gave a lot of people right. cancer. Yeah, the, um, there was the one actor. He was huge in advocating for those guys. Yeah, yeah, man, it's crazy. And, and to, to know, like to me, that's one of the th- things that's so frustrating like about our government as a whole though is like, you know, do as we say and not as we do, and they'll pass these laws, and then you, you, you like, dial into the logistics of the law, and it, like, they're uh, exempt from it or their family's right. exempt from it and all these crazy things. And it's, like, I think we're to the point now, like, as a country, though, which, like, everybody just kind of, like, just kind of shrugs it off. Like, man, eh, well, whatever. Life's pretty good we'll, still. We'll see what tomorrow brings. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you never know. We're we're in a we're in a dangerous spot right now because yes, we we've been to and this is my opinion, we've been kind of like on the brinks of like I feel like a civil war for like the last couple of years, probably even toward the end of Trump's term just because all the people were just crazy. They hated him from the get-go. Doesn't matter what his policies are, it matters what he says on Twitter, you know, or whatever people are saying about him on the news. So I think we were kind of on the brinks of a civil war towards the end of his term. And now, like, it's that's worsened. It's a lot worse now than it was. It's worse than it's ever been probably in my lifetime for sure. But then, like, we're right on the cusp of this World War Three stuff that's going on. I mean, right. it's, it is bad right now. Like, you got, you know, Ukraine and, and uh, Russia are going at it, right? And, and now you've got Chinese, uh, you know, China's trying to strong-arm us and strong-arm Taiwan. And Taiwan's shooting, what, just a couple days ago, they shot some drones down or something. So, like, man, we, we've got so many irons in the fire and um, – not to mention all the problems here at home. And and I just don't know. Like, I mean, what? you know, the, the one thing about a war with our country is it usually has a tendency to draw our country closer together. But I just don't see that happening right now. I don't think this one is. I no. don't. I don't. And here's the reason why. Like, we've got so many issues going on here that we need to address. A lot of people see that. Yeah. But, hey, let's send, you know, what have we sent? A total of 50-something billion dollars to Ukraine and then when one senator's like, hey, we need to see, you know, we need to see where this is money's going over there. Yeah. And they freak out about it. Yeah. And it's like, well, look, we we gotta take care of us. We're kind of like our country's hurting right now. You yeah. have a you have a left and you have a right. You got some people in the middle. But these two we gotta, yeah. you know, what do we do? Yeah. It's it's so hard to even say right now. I mean, it's like it's funny because we still kind of want to play big brother role to a lot of these countries, but we're just not there anymore. Not anymore. We need, at one point, I think we were. Yeah, we need not. to focus on us. And uh, I don't know. I think that whole America first thing really is kind of like sticks in my mind now because you know you never really thought about it until now. But now it's like our gas prices are pretty much out of reach. We're tapping into our oil reserves again for things that we shouldn't be. I mean, we should be drilling and digging and doing all the stuff we can do here. We're just not doing anything. It's there. We, yeah. you know, we were we were a world superpower. Yeah, not long ago for a long time. Yeah, and there's yeah. a reason for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, you know, it's. Um, I don't know what other podcast you listen to, but like Joe Rogan, he had the best. I think he's the one that originated with this. I think yes, he gets so, so the hard, yeah. you know, hard times create hard men. Yeah, hard men create soft times. Yeah. Soft times create soft men. We're a soft fucking man. Yeah, yeah, That's it's where we're at. it's gotten bad, man. Um, you know, and we notice it mostly like when we, we just going out. Like you just go out and you, you know, and I don't want to say you want to judge a books by their covers, but you kind of just go out and look around, man, and you can tell the difference in human beings and men and women and. There's such a, you know, we've always been a, you know, pretty diverse country, but man, it's getting more and more like, and all the people that were like willing to go fight for this country and manly men and do this, like you just seeing them, you're not seeing them as much. You're seeing a lot of ponytails, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you're seeing a lot of sandals, and you know, I, I don't know, man. I'm pretty outspoken on all this stuff, um, but it's like, you know, and we have a really good. Uh, we get to really see it go on because it's happened on our other channel, right? Like, uh, you know, we, I, I carry a firearm pretty much everywhere I'm at. You know, we yeah. did a, we did a hog hunting episode on our YouTube channel one time and we were like uh, silenced for like 90 days after that on YouTube. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Like things that, you know, if anything ever happened in this country where there's no food at Walmart anymore, 
people are screwed because people don't know how to hunt. They think that it's wrong to go out and kill an animal so you can eat it. But you're not going to be able to get processed soybean milk and soybean food right. and burgers and stuff like they, that if stuff they starts. Think, they yeah. think their hamburger comes from Walmart. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's it's uh, it's wild. And, and then this whole, you know, people want to get away from, you know, all meat and all dairy and all these things, which, you know, like the way I feel about it now, it's like to each their own, do whatever you yeah. want. Right. Do, hey, if you like that, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm going to eat my steak as rare as yeah. I can yeah. because I can. Yeah. Yeah, to me, it's almost like, you know, where I kind of draw the line is because they're trying to quit carrying stuff. You know, meat gets more expensive or they carry less of it or, or whatever. That's the stuff that drives me nuts. Like, do whatever you want, but let me do what I want to do. But I think that's kind of that whole side's way. It's like we want to do this, and we're not we're not content just us doing it. You have to do it, too. Or, right. they're, or they're never happy. And I couldn't be further from that. Like, I don't care. I just want to be left the hell alone. Right. From everybody. The government and everybody. Just leave me alone. And I'll, I'll do my thing. I'll pay my fair share or whatever, which that's a whole nother topic. But um, and I just want to be left alone. I have, like, 12 people I like. Yeah. And um, they're really the only ones that should get a say, you know, what. I value their opinion. I don't give a shit what you think. Stay out of my life. I'll stay out of yours. As long as you don't harm me, I'm not going to harm you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and if everybody would have that outlook, it'd be like, oh, we can get along. Yeah. Well, things have just changed so much because it used to be like small, tight-knit communities. And, and those were kind of your groups of people. And people were closer in those communities, like a tribe. Yeah. And and now it's like, you know, everything's so broad and so big. And, and you've got these... Uh, these people that think, oh, well, this is normal because there may be 10,000 other people in the world that are doing that. But it's, you know, when there's, uh, you know, what, 7 billion people on the planet, it's not hard to find 10,000 that may be similar in some kind of weird thing. And I'm, you know, I was, I was starting to lose faith in this country. I'm like, oh my gosh, what? I get, there's no saving it. You know, I, I teach in a sm small town school. I mean, we're a 1A school and I have hope. I have hope again. Yeah. Um, seeing this next generation of rural kids like it, I've yeah. got hope. Yeah, it's a whole different breed, man. Like my wife, Brandy, is a teacher in a, in a small town, just the same. And oh. um, it's so much different there. Like we, we never did mask mandates. We never uh, We never did anything. Like basically because of the government as a whole, we got like a half a year off of school. Yeah. But after that, they went right back to school like normal. And even when teachers or anybody got COVID, it's like, oh, well, Miss Who and Who is out sick. She'll be back in a week. You know, and everything was pretty well normal. Right. And I think I got COVID three times, man, and one of them really got me down. I had it in my lungs and all kinds of stuff. But it's like at the end of the day, you can't, like, lay around in your house in a mask for the rest of your life. Facts. Like, if I'm going to go from COVID, I'm just going to go. Like, But we never changed our lifestyle at all. Actually, I worked for a company – back when COVID first started and my boss called me and basically told me I couldn't leave. I'd already pulled my vacation. We were already out, like getting ready to get on the road. We were already in our motor home gassing up and he called me. I was at the gas station. He's like, I don't know if you're planning on still going out of the state, but you, you don't need to be doing that with everything happening. That's almost exactly what he told me. Like, man, this vacation's already planned. We're out of here. You know, I think for the first, like uh, while we were on that trip, I was wearing latex gloves to pump gas. Yeah. That's about as far as my, BS with the PPE and all the bullshit went because I just wasn't having it. I got I, the cops called on me at Menards. Menards was like going into North Korea when all this no. was going on. It's okay, so you mentioned that. So, you know, I was in college when it all started. They sent us home spring break early. 
hey, we're going to figure out, you know, what we're going to do. We, we finished this semester online. Yeah. So I went to Colorado. I'm like, screw this. I'm going to the mountains, getting away. <laughs> Had a yeah. friend that lived out there and uh, went into a restaurant, little little mom and pop diner to get some breakfast. And they're like, yeah, well, that, like tomorrow we have to shut down. We're not allowed to be open anymore. But by God, Lowe's and Menards and all those places of course, were open. Of course. You know, mom and pop have to close their doors. And it's yeah. like, yeah, we actually we ran into something really similar to that because we were out in Utah. This was 2019, and um, we went uh, we went camping and we were all BLM out there, so we weren't near anybody. We in Moab. Yep, we were out oh, near I Moab. Love, I love Moab. Yeah, yeah, we were we were actually uh, out outskirts of Moab, like uh, Mexican Hat. Uh, what was that other place out there? Anyway, there's a few places out there. We were just kind of bouncing around BLM. We were out there for a couple of weeks and. And uh, the sheriff comes out to our camp and says that we got to leave um, because they're shutting the county down. Oh, and we're like, we're not from here. And he's like, well, you have to go to the nearest RV park. So we packed our stuff up and we just moved camp somewhere else. Well, a couple of days later, they showed up there. They This went on. And finally, I got into it, the sheriff's deputy. I'm like, look, man, the only people we have seen since we've been out here is you and the other deputies coming out here to harass us about this. And they just wouldn't let up. So we drove back into town. Um, and sure enough, everybody was in the, uh, in the RV park. Yeah. So, so it's that's, like, that's much healthier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've got this pandemic going around. You cannot be out here in BLM where you haven't seen anybody in two weeks, but go back to the RV site. We need everybody there. And so we basically drove in, we stayed one night there, kind of dumped our tanks, did everything we needed to do. And then we took off again and went back out into BLM and we ended up finding kind of a loophole. There was one County that you could camp in next door to the Moabs County and then uh, next door at Moab, you could ride, you could go off-roading, but you couldn't camp in their county. So we were camping, um, the and then we were sneaking across the county line right first thing in the morning and going wheeling all day. But it was a crazy experience because um, we were the only people, basically, at Moab, um, and it was Easter Jeep Safari weekend. They canceled it. I think that was 2019. Yeah, so it was, it was wild, but... We got some good video and, and uh, got a lot of good riding in. It was a blast. Yeah. I know. I know. Like, we were just out there in, I think it was May. And, I mean, no, all the business owners were thrilled. Like, everything was back open. Because that, that almost put every one of them out. Yeah. Every mom and pop store suffered so bad. And it's just like, okay, well, that's, this is what happens when we have a little too much government, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe, I, I don't know. I just hope people don't forget Yeah, and to me, like, I don't know, there's just such a narrative behind it. Because it's like, look at the closure stuff. Like, Walmart's still not staying open past 11 o'clock. Like, does COVID not come out until 11.01 p.m.? Or, like, it's almost like it was a reset button for these companies to kind of lose, get rid of some overhead. They found out they weren't making enough money money in the evening. Yeah. 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 And and so I don't know. I You know, so I think about that kind of stuff. But then you see these other things, and it's like these people and these businesses that took huge amounts of money for COVID relief. And it's like, man, you, how are you doing that? How'd you work the system on that? So I, I, I don't know. There's just so much. It's obviously all money. I mean, the whole thing is all money all motivated. But I never bought into it, not from day one. But I but I will say this. I, I uh, It worked out. It was like a blessing for us because I changed my whole life. Like, man, I was um, working all the time. Like, and, and that's all I've done is, you know, I've had a career. I was a general manager for you know, like 13 years. And, and, uh, so I worked a lot and then I was doing YouTube on the weekends. So, I mean, we were just grinding and, uh, 
when COVID hit, we had literally just sold our house like in the suburbs and we made a killing on our house. Yeah. And we basically took all that money and that we had from the house sale, the equity that we had, and we were able to build a new house. And because of COVID, I got the time off of work. And me and three Amish guys built up my house That's in like awesome. 70 days. Yeah. And uh, and I could have never done that if it wasn't for COVID, yeah. just because I'd have never got the time off. That's awesome. So, yeah, we were able to build a house for like half the half the money. And you know now we've got a house that's paid for, and we're really kind of set up in a good situation to – you know, to kind of do whatever the heck we want now. Yeah. And I think that as a whole, like more and more Americans are getting that way too. I think that's, we're seeing a whole different dynamic in um, the way that people want to live their life. And I don't think people want to work all the time look, anymore. Look at like, um, I'd say that first, that first summer into, into COVID, you couldn't buy a camper. You know, and it's like people are <laughs> yeah. snatching up campers, yeah. snatching up side-by-sides, four-wheelers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I hope these people have realized like there's there's more to life than just work. Like have some fun with yeah, it. Yeah. Have some fun with it. And I don't know, we'll see. More I mean, people are getting in nature too. That's something that I've really noticed. Like right. I've i I've, I've got a brother, man. He lives out in Colorado now, but like they were really city oriented. And I and I think they still are. I mean, they live in, you know, some yuppie like Colorado. But town. they got bored and, but now they've yeah. got a Jeep and they're going camping on the weekends and it's like They've got two little kids, and I think they've realized that those things are kind of important to them. And uh, so I think we're seeing more and more of that, which is good. I mean, that's definitely good for the country. But, yeah, I yeah. don't know. Um, our schools went to a four-day work week or four-day school week. And so, so, like, that's, yeah. Uh, so teachers are only working four days a week now, which is great. Kids are only yeah. going to school four days a week, which is great. I think it needs to be more center on, like, your work versus your personal family time. Right. And right now it's like, you know, before this for us, it was like, it's like 80, 20, 80% work, 20% family time. And that's just too, it's just not a good way anymore, man. We, our country's literally done that for so many years. And I think people are just like realizing they don't want to do that anymore. Right. That's like, why there's such an unemployment issue right now too. Cause these, these big companies think that they can still treat their employees the same way, which is like, eh, we need you to work, you know, 60 hours a week and, just people aren't taking it anymore. And I, th- I think people are seeing too, like instead of working for, you know, big CEO tech company, I can work for mom and pop and actually mean something to them. Um, and you're kind of starting to see that small business. Um, you're kind of seeing a rise in it again. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's going to be a crazy, crazy couple of years. I think, I think and, we're, the need, I mean, the need for blue-collar workers is, you know, that's unreal. Um, yeah. And you're seeing, I don't know, I think you're seeing these tech schools really, really up their game. So, yeah, um, I don't know, that's 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 like I kind of, I don't necessarily see how I push it. Some people are meant for college, some are meant to go to a trade school. And I just think we need to do a better job at those ones that want to go to a trade school, pushing them in that direction. Yeah. Um, you know, you... I don't. I don't think you could. You couldn't get a subcontractor out. To, yeah. To work on your house right now. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's in all this services like that. It's crazy right now with service. Like uh, anything that that's uh, you know, like any kind of maintenance service, you know, service or building or anything like that. They slam. And they don't even care to get your business because they have so much right now. That's a problem. Like supply and demand in that ter- And it's because. Um, you know, the, the government really is, is really to blame for a lot of this. They glorify these desk jobs 
and they try to make it seem like you're a second-class citizen if you go out and do this manual labor. And that's just, man, you know, I felt, um, you know, I was a technician for several years before I went in the office as a general manager, and my days were much more fulfilled completing tech tech jobs. Yeah. And I didn't make near as much, and it wouldn't have given me opportunities to do things that I did, you know, as I got older and had kids and stuff. But it's like there's something to be said about getting your hands on something, getting your hands dirty, and, and having a job that's not done and then completing it. And once you're in the office, you kind of lose that grasp of start to finish on jobs. Right. Um, and so actually Mike Rowe is somebody that's really shed a lot of light on these, like, blue-collar jobs, man. And he's – that guy's – He's really just like one of the most level-headed people that you he ever does can so hear much talk. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild. But we were actually just talking about this the other day because it's, um, you know, I feel like with college, like w- you've got all this stuff going on with college right now, um, and they're paying off student loans for for kids and and doing these things. And um, co- t- to me, at the end of the day, college is really a waste in a lot of ways. And I almost feel like, and, and you have an education background now, so. This might be something I can kind of bounce off of you. But, like, I feel like I didn't even finish uh, high school. I didn't graduate. Um, I dropped out super early, like, uh, you know, beginning of ninth grade. Like, as soon as I could basically get a job, I was done with school. Yeah. And I was always really driven. So it didn't it didn't really matter, you know. Um, I was able to hold a job and get a good job. And then, you know, my first basically job in the industry that I, um, you know, I did early retirement uh, last year. And that what I, you know, what I was able to do is get my foot in the door early on. And then I just stuck with it, man. I stayed in the same industry till you know, I was in my 30s. So instead of needing that educational background, I had uh, experience background. And I just kind of worked my way up the ladder. And to me, I guess uh, the point I'm trying to make is like those last four years of high school where they're teaching you these um, this curriculum on, you know, harder math and harder this and harder that. And it's stuff that really you're probably not going to use day to day. Like, why don't we throw some, some uh, you know, uh, college courses in there, you know, and, and maybe squeeze that in so then people aren't getting them. Maybe get a two-year degree right in high school. Right. You know what I mean? There's probably a lot of stuff we can shave off the last couple years in, in high school and probably add some some actual, maybe some tech school or welding school. And you're, you're starting to see that yeah. come back. Um, I mean, I would I would have dropped out of school if it wasn't for welding tech. Yeah, I got to go there. You know, I went class like regular classes to lunch, and then welding from lunch to the end of the day. Yeah. And had I not had that, I'd have dropped out. Yeah, it, it wasn't for me back then. Yeah, and uh, was that a small town high I school? Mean, I mean, it was Carl Junction, so it was a okay. class of then I think 180. Yeah, small you know, town. So, so I mean, not huge, not yeah. small, just yeah. good community. Um, it's funny. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really try, you know. I was a B student, yeah. And um, I remember, you know, I had a teacher. She's like, "Ah, college isn't for you. You better never go." And then, you know, fast forward and graduating college with a three point nine two GPA. Oh. It's like, eh, no, I just I didn't want it back then. Yeah, like it's not that it wasn't for me. Yeah, I, I think it's more of a like. You know, if, if you're going to college and you have a purpose, but I feel like there's so many kids that go to college and it's like, eh, I don't really know what I want to do, but this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm told to do. I've seen that yeah. so much. That's how my wife was. The, um, the parents wanted him to go there. Yeah. Or they wanted to party. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that a lot. And, 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 there are, and there are kids that know from day one what they want to do. And you can, I mean, you can tell them. Like, you can tell who they are. Yeah. They're driven. They're focused. The other ones. Yeah. 
you know, they're at the party Thursday night or they're just getting by. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget one of the things like my wife said, it's like, um, when she was going to college and she's always been like a straight a four, like she had a 4.0 all through college. Um, even with having kids like, and she's got her master's degree. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, man. So she's like, but she's like that. She's like laser focused. And honestly, we wouldn't have near the success we do pretty much in anything if it wasn't like for her, like, cause we're all like, I, I'll, I'll hone in on something and I'm really passionate about it. But like, you know, I start, you know, rejection or things, you start kind of falling, you know, you kind of fall off. She pretty much just stays yeah. focused and she can kind of pick up the slack and then I'll kind of get back into it and, and then I'm good. So I, that's kind of the way she did college. But to get to my point, when I'm, what I'm getting at is when she started college was right. Um, we got married her first year of college and pretty much right out of uh, high school. When we were 18 and um, she, uh, when she started, she started uh, pre-med or, uh, you know, whatever she's doing to be a, to become a pediatrician or some kind of children's doctor. And uh, we were talking about it one day and we're like, gosh, that's a long time before you start making any money, you know? And so I'm like, well, have you ever thought about like being a teacher? And that was pretty much how our conversation went and she changed everything. And then later on, we're talking about it. She's like, ah. I'm like, why were you even going to do that? She can't stand the side of blood, the side of blood. She can't, she doesn't deal with any of that stuff well at all. And she's like, well, I was just thought like that would be the hardest thing to do. And I wanted to achieve that. So it's like, she had this, you know, persona of just trying to work hard and get through it. Right. And she really didn't know what she wanted to do. It was and, just, and probably would have hated it. Probably would have hated it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, after eight years of college, God knows how much student loan debt you got or whatever else, which is a whole nother issue. Oh, yeah. Itself. Like, Gosh, dang. College is so stupid expensive. And, and I think it was Biden the other night talking about, um, or somebody, somebody on TV, somebody in a, you know, in some kind of political position talking about, you know, maybe, ma you know, paying for college or something now. But it's to me, it's, oh, he said his, his statement was uh, 12 years of funded schooling is not enough. And, like, I think 12 years is enough. We just need to spend our time better and maybe take a couple years out of high school and throw some college courses in there. And that's kind of what got my uh, cogs turning about, like, we're, we're spending way too much time in there to not have more when we come out. And I think a lot of kids, man, those, you know, their junior and senior year, they're just kind of, they're cooked with it and they're just sick of it. Right. And and they don't see much payout. And that's what, I mean, and, and that is where, mm, I think it's, I think it's Ozark. O, it's either Ozark or Nixon. One of them, they're building a, a massive, like, career center um, for their juniors and seniors to start going. Wow. To, um, you know, it's going to have blue-collar trades. I think they can... I think it's offered more than just, you know, like mechanics and auto body. I think it's like career. You're going to see your your welding, um, your HVAC, all of that. Um, and it's everything I've heard. It's impressive. Like they haven't they haven't skimped on it at all. That's um, wild. Yeah. I mean, so it, it's I think that's a good start. This area is where they have the money to do those kind of yeah. things. The schools here. Hey, Con, I just wanted to make sure real quick. You've got OBS recording, right? Okay. Yeah. So, um, but I think a really good example of what a successful system looks like is uh, College of the Ozarks. Yeah. Are you familiar with that? Man, like, uh, you don't pay for college there. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth because I don't know a whole lot about it, but I think that um, you don't pay for the college. You, you work it. your way through it while you're there that you, they basically hire you. You've got a pastor. Yeah. 
whatever test to get it to get accepted and then you work there to pay for your college funding it's wild but right and you can always see i mean we i've never been there i heard people that can go there and eat or something um I, they have like a restaurant there that's pretty cool yeah we used I, to go there for ffa stuff oh really i think all the animals come from there yeah 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 so when you eat the, at the restaurant it's all livestock's from there and the vegetables my, are from there my my mentor teacher went to school there and, and it shows. Yeah. She's top notch. Yeah. She is. She's phenomenal. Yeah. And you can just tell when you go by the place, like the way it's kept up and it's nice looking. And yeah, I mean, it makes such a, such a big difference. And that's just like all like kind of a mentality thing. I think like there's so many, there's so many people in this country now, like sticking their hand out, wanting something for free oh now. Gosh. And I think that's why we're in a lot of this predicament with the college stuff that we are. It's like, Oh yeah, heck yeah. I want you to pay for my college. Like, there's nobody – I mean, that's like a you know some kind of promise that he made, and they will not let it go to rest because they want that free handout. Right. But I think it was Mike Rowe that made a good point the other day. He said, um, you know, I know a lot of people that when it, instead of going to college, they started their own business. And to start that business, they had to buy an excavator, or they had to buy a bobcat, or they had to buy this or that. Are we going to pay them back for that? Because they have loans on those things. Right. Just as much as a student loan. And they're putting back into the economy already. And even, even, even to be like, well, you know, that's apples to oranges. Um, there's the video floating around social media of the dad asking Elizabeth Warren, you know, well, I did the responsible thing and saved my money and paid for my kid's college. So are you going to reimburse me? And she laughed in his face and said, no. Yeah. And it's like, um, <sighs> yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's like, wild. Like yeah, I think it was Peter Ducey that questioned the education director or whatever the other day, and he said something similar to that. Like, um, uh, so the people that have already paid it, they're just, uh, you know, up creek without, you know, and he, the guy's just like, yep, you know, nothing else. That's it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a tricky position that they're in. Um, but I guess, hell, the way they see it, it's like inflation's so bad, we're in a recession, but they can just redefine recession and, uh, right. and uh, throw more money at it. But, I mean, I don't know. You'd have to be, you know, really have something wrong with you to realize that with the money that's going out, that's got to come from somewhere. Where's it going to be coming? It's coming out of your pocket, and it's coming out of my pocket. And uh, and even though they may say this or they may say that, in the end, they're going to get their money. And one one way or the other. And they've got the goons to send after you now to come get the money. Right. So yeah, it's, it's you know, it's no coincidence they passed that IRS whatever. You know, to hire all those agents. Mm-hmm. And then this, this is drastically going to raise your taxes. Yeah. It has to. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild, man. And and they've got the, this whole defund the police thing was around. Now they've got IRS agents that are going to be carrying firearms. With with essentially the same power as the FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> it's going to be rough. I, I mean, if it... If you could snap your fingers and change anything, it would to me it would be our federal government. It's like get get rid of a lot of it. Run yeah. run our military. Let the states run their their states. Stay out of and it. And I, I think if only people could see like what a smaller federal government would do. You know, it was never supposed to be this big. Yeah. Um. You know, let let your state, let your state, like, let them have some more power. Take some of the feds out. Yeah, um, and I think everybody'd be a lot happier. They just refuse to see it, or I mean, are 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 lied to about it. You know, they need the government to take care of them, and that's what. Yeah, 
the government kind of slips into you. I, yeah, I feel like a lot of people, it's it's almost like they know they're giving up freedoms, but they kind of weigh out the responsibility. It's like, I'll give right. up the freedom to get rid of the responsibility also. it's And it's sad to see, man, but I think that, in, in I don't know, like I, there's a lot of the, the generation that kind of is right after us. I don't have a whole lot of faith in, but I, I don't know. I hope they prove me wrong. Right. Uh, but you know, or, or even a lot of, you know, my generation is just like, gosh, you know, people I went to high school with, like you look at them now and it's like, my God, man, like, and I always thought you were smarter than that, you know? And, and I see that day in and day out, but it's like, uh, people get so blinded by these non-issues that are just, just fake propaganda to, you know, like this whole Roe versus Wade, they acted like this was just like the biggest thing in the world. Like everybody, you know, we got to vote based on this. We have to do that. All they did was say, leave it up to the states. Right. If you don't like it, move to the state that does what you want. And and this is what I tell everybody. Whether it's like my stance, your stance, it doesn't really matter. Like, look, you can't do it in Missouri. You can in Illinois. Kansas did the right thing. Kansas voted. Are we keeping it or not? Yeah. And the citizens of Kansas spoke and said, ah, we're keeping it. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be. Oh, like so they, they voted the after the Roe versus Wade thing. They Kansas, like yeah, Kansas did, yeah. That's kind and, of a weird uh, call. And their state's, you know, their state's keeping it. Yeah. Like, that's, you know. Yeah. If you don't like, like it, move to a different state. If it's that important to you, yeah. you'll move. Yeah. You know. And, I, and I'm with that. Like, you know, uh, you can't, it, it's a lot harder to move to a different country, <laughs> you know. And if you don't like something your state's doing, the best thing you can do is vote with your feet and move or, or quit putting money at it or, or vote next election. Um, but you and, can't. And, and you can't use the excuse, oh, but my job. It's 2022. Like, yeah. You can get a career pretty much anywhere doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild, man. It, the job market's pretty, like, pretty wide open right now still. Right. And, and I think that just comes back to, like I said before, the, the employees want to kind of run the show now and, and I think people get so used to doing the remote learning stuff or remote uh, remote work stuff. So that's a that's a that's a why should I pay all this rent for this office space when you know you're you're not as productive at home? I, I think I read somewhere where the state where the statistics were you know you don't get quite as much done, but it still productivity saves the, is a it little still lower. Saves the company yeah. money. Yeah, to not have this big office. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And actually, when I when I talked about first starting this podcast, I was getting a lot of like um, talk about wanting to do like remote or uh, you know like webinar type stuff. But like to me, the conversation is not the same if you're not face to face. Exactly. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that I've already turned down with like you know so, some of them big name stuff. And it's just like if I tell you yes, then I can't tell everybody else no. Right. And so then I'm kind of stuck in this limbo of doing these webinar type podcasts. And I don't really, I mean, this isn't, you know, I'm not really set up for that. We could definitely do it by streaming it, but it just, it's, to me, it's not the same, man. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I really, I, I don't, I don't think I'm really going to get in the habit of doing them alone. I think I pretty much always want to like chat with somebody. Yeah. Cause it's not really, I don't really want to talk at people. Like I want to talk to people and learn something and maybe, you know, hash some things out, figure out some things that maybe I didn't know. And ultimately, if it's interesting enough for people to watch, then they'll watch. But absolutely, I don't want to turn it into something where it's like I feel like I'm just talking at viewers. You, you just know? come in here hour by yourself. <laughs> yeah, like, there's a lot of people that do that. And it's wild, man. They, they've they got, uh, you know, like I Stephen Crowder. I like Stephen Crowder. But, yeah. 
he does a lot of that, man. Like they go in their little thing, and even if he's got people in there with him, it's like there's a, a it, it's like a, a, a half of a couch, and all these people are sitting on it talking at the camera. And to me, the camera is kind of like somebody sitting here at the table with us, but you know they're not really involved. So I don't really feel like, I don't know, it's just a whole different thing. I kind of wanted to do it for the being able to chat with people and kind of figure out how people. You you hear so much on the internet now, you don't really know how people feel, right? But you know, I think that you, you get in front of somebody, and, and it's weird too that the whole political correctness stuff and like people will act like one way and then uh, you get them by themselves, or you get them away from the crowd or you get them away from the cameras. Cause we're around a lot of people that are in front of cameras. You know, we, yeah. hang, you know, if we do stuff with other YouTubers or things like that, it's, it's wild, man. Like you see, and I've never really had that pretty much what you get in front of the camera is what you get behind the camera with me. And that's probably why we've, you know, paid some costs on some things with, you know, with our channel and some stuff like that. But like it's it's weird the dynamic of people in front of the camera or behind the camera or around a crowd of people or not, and it's more than likely those types of people probably wouldn't even come on a podcast just because they don't want to. Well, or it's you know, oh man, I'm afraid if I say this, I'm gonna lose followers. Yeah, yeah. Who gives a shit? I've never cared about that, and actually, I'll probably say something that's gonna piss a lot of people off right now. But, um, the Jeep thing, man, the Jeep thing drives me nuts. The ducks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I've never, like, I've never, like, people have put them on my Jeep and stuff like that. I've never, let, we give them to Clara, you know, yeah. my eight-year-old daughter, and, and she loves them. So, by all means, give them all to her. But, but no, it's just like th this, uh, this brand loyalty shit drives me nuts. And Jeeps are cool. Um, I'll be honest with you. I never liked Jeeps until I bought that first Jeep that I had. Now, if I'm taking a cross-country chip, do I want to take my Jeep or do I want to take my truck, my F-150 with massage seats and leather and panoramic sunroof and a comfortable ride and independent suspension? And and uh, I want to take the truck. You're dang right. Every time. Um, so, you know, Jeeps ride like a freaking go-kart, man. And uh, they're cool if, if I'm going to go wheeling and I'm planning on doing hardcore wheeling. But it's crazy these hardcore Jeep people that, like, won't watch our videos unless it's our Jeep in the video. Really? It drives me nuts. Yeah. And... There's all time, all the time, you know, people uh, will, we, we started following you guys when you were out jeeping and now you're just camping and this and that. It's like, if you're watching our episodes because you want to catch a jeep in it, if you, you want to look at our jeep, you're on the wrong channel. Like, like I, I like to, f I would like to think that our channel is kind of about us and our family first and then whatever we're doing second. So whether we're jeeping or we're overlanding in the truck or we're camping in the motorhome or we're mountain biking or whatever the heck we're doing. Like, right. So that whole and that comes back to a lot of things. I feel like this country and the people that are here getting a lot of these clicks that are kind of created for marketing schemes. Jeep is one of them. Nike's one of them. People do it with sports teams here. It's like I don't know these guys, but they like the same football I do team I do. So we're like we're all besties right now. Right. And people getting these weird clicks, man. And and it's all a marketing ploy from the standpoint of the company that's doing it. Like that's the way they're making money off of you. You know, and and every, I mean, I I think I think the one that gets overlooked the most, and I, I, I think you're going to agree with me here is Harley Davidson. Yeah. Now I I have one. Yeah. You know, but if you oh, yeah. if it's, you don't ride a Harley, you're it's a bandwagon thing. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. And I think that's like the longest running one in the country. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's funny that you bring that up because a buddy of mine, his name's Adam Sandoval. He's got a YouTube channel. 
I want to. I want to go down there to K River. Oh yeah, oh, man. Gosh, yeah. Get me hooked up with him. Yeah, dude, I'll, like, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll have, have him holler at you or something. But yeah, K K River is cool, man. We went down there. Um, he had some kind of biker bash down there. Yeah, it's coming. It's uh, it's the week. Uh, Stubborn week America party or something or after yeah. bikes and blues. Yeah, yeah. And I think it might be the week before. Then they'll go there. Yeah, he he. Uh, it, it, the whole that whole story is crazy with him, man. Such a good dude. Yeah, but um. I had no idea who he was, right? And um, this guy reaches out to me on, uh, I think it was on Instagram, which I hate Instagram. It's like, it's my least favorite platform. Oh, I, it's my favorite. Really? It's, uh, it's just pictures, no bullshit. See, that's what I don't like, because I'm not a big picture guy. Like, no. like I kind of like being able to say something. And, uh, you know, I, I, in, and I don't do Twitter. Um, no. But I kind of like being able to say something quick and then just kind of get opinions. I love doing like uh, little polls, like votes. Like, would you do this or do this? Let right. me know your opinion. And uh, so a lot of that crap you can't do on Instagram. But I like Facebook just because as a whole, like you can do pretty much a little bit of everything on it. You got yeah. your Instagram pictures and you got your polls and your memes and then small videos. And so it fits my personality the best. But like Instagram too, man, it's just like we don't get near the traction on there. You know, Instagram's looking for like pictures of chicks and and uh, that little love button. I, now I've been I've been people. banned on Instagram more than Facebook. Really? Yeah. <laughs> See, uh, I didn't really have any of those issues until I started doing. You know, if I said anything polit- political type stuff. So, but yeah, no, I uh, you know, to get to my point. So Adam Sandoval reached out to us um, on Instagram, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm Adam Sandoval. I've been watching your channel." Uh, I'll be in Missouri. I'd love to go wheeling with you guys or something like that. You can show me around. And I'm like, okay. And he said how many of his followers were, like 750,000. I'm like, or whatever it was. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so I, I showed Brandy. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this. And so we looked him up. But the funny thing is we were just all getting over COVID the week we were supposed to go do this with him. So we're like all sicker than hell, man. We couldn't, no sense of smell. We're like dragging ass because we've been sick for you know, two and a half weeks, the first yeah. time it really hit us hard. And uh, we're supposed to meet Adam Sandoval for the first time and take him over landing. And, uh, man, my brain was so foggy. I'll, I'll never forget this. I, I took him on this overlanding route that we've done probably a hundred times. And I passed two of my turns and, uh, <laughs> literally we got this guy with us. He watches our channel and he's pumped up about us taking him over landing. We're sicker than hell. We feel like shit. I, I've told him about this now. I didn't tell him then, but I've told him about it past, past then. And, and, uh, and, uh, so anyway, I missed a turn, missed another turn. We literally do like a two hour circle and we pass the same shit. We were passing almost two hours ago. And, uh, I don't know if he even noticed to be honest with you, cause it was such a big freaking circle. Yeah. And, but me being me, I can't keep my mouth shut, so I had to tell him. I'm like, dude, I screwed up. You know, I could have probably just went down the right way and went to our yeah, camp, yeah, and he'd yeah. have never even known. But, but I remember, oh man, it was making me mad because I felt like shit, and we're driving in circles, and I know we, I just wanted to get to like our overland camp, but ended up turning out all right. But so anyway, going forward from there, he he ended up getting rid of his Jeep. He didn't even have it anymore. Yeah. He uh, he had that Jeep Gladiator, and and we went wheeling with him a few times, but. Well, he, I mean, he pretty much lives on two wheels, doesn't he? I mean, from yeah. the videos I, I yeah. see. Well, he's he's doing a little cut more cush now. He's uh, they're like pulling a a travel trailer and oh and, gosh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I maybe I maybe I said something I shouldn't have, but yeah, I think it's a uh, you know it's a little more cush for him. I, now. I still want to go ride 
with him. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. He's a he's a blast too. Just such a good dude. But yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, he's got like a. I I just talked to him the other day because I bought like a little dual sport bike. Yeah. And I texted to him like, "Hey, you think this is a good deal? I might go. Maybe we can go hit some trails or something." And uh, he asked me how much, and I told him, he's like, yeah, dude, jump on it. So literally, I took his advice, and I went and bought it that day because the guy was like getting ready to sell it. And so I've got this little dual sport that I really just bought to go kind of wheel with him every once in a while. But So, yeah, I don't know. I know he's doing more of that, like, adventure bike stuff. Yeah. but It looks pretty fun, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know a whole lot about it. But, yeah, out at K River, man, it's a good time out there. Yeah, he's got some I cool want- places. I don't know. I don't know if we'll make it out this fall. I mean, we've got, you know, it's it's high school football season. Yeah. Archery, deer hunting season is going to be on us before long. Do you rifle hunt too or just, just archery? Mainly just bow. If I don't shoot yeah. you with my bow, then I'll I'll go snag a few with a rifle. But yeah. uh, mainly bow hunting. And then, you know, then we're into winter. Um, so I'm hoping either maybe late fall we can sneak down there in the spring. I, I want to go check it out. Well, he's getting ready to do – I know he's doing his wedding down there, and it's like – open like yeah open, open invite you know oh, yeah and i don't know what all exactly they have they have planned with that but i bet it's gonna be a fun time it'll be wild yeah yeah that man that thing we went down there for it was it was it was rowdy for yeah sure. the, what do they call that the i think it was a stubborn america party that's it yeah that's it and it's coming yeah. up and yeah we yeah can't, we can't make it it's crazy that uh th- those two worlds kind of um kind of mesh you know between jeep and off-roading and i don't know if that's because earlier in the year him and i we did a like a merge trip together where we went but man we ran into all kinds of people that follow us down there yeah like they were coming by our camp and stuff like that and i don't know if that that was why or or what but but yeah man just just and and that whole bike scene is kind of like that's really where i kind of want to see the off-road community get it's like it's not about jeep it's about off-roading but we so this is this is crazy. You mix the Jeep world with the bikes. We took the Jeep out to Colorado last summer. That was a shit show. Transmission went out in the truck. Jeep broke down. I don't know how oh, many no. times, um, but it was fine. And all in all, like the trip <laughs> was amazing. Yeah, um, amazing. And we met this guy. He what did he need? He needed us to air up a tire. Like we had our little compressor with us, and yeah. he's on one of those enduro bikes. Yeah, and he's from Europe. And they fly over to the East Coast, rent them for a month. And this whatever this trail is they follow from the East Coast to the West Coast takes like a month, month and a half to do. Yeah, no thanks. Um, and they're just, I mean, as as off grid as possible the whole time. And I'm like, okay, uh, I might have to, I might have to look into this. Like that looks pretty fun. Sounds like your ass and back or now. Oh, it, like, yeah, it'd take, it'd take me a couple months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and you know here we are out jeeping, crossing paths with these guys, and it was it yeah, was pretty cool. That whole world kind of intertwines, man. But yeah, I I don't know. Like to me, um, you know, people do the jeep wave thing, right? Yeah. To me, it's kind of like uh, you know I look for a rig that's built. I don't care what rig it is. Like I'm waving at you if you got an off road rig. And that's kind of the way I like. I got used to this whole jeep wave thing and. And then it's like, you know, I started seeing rigs that are built up for off-road, and those are, those are my kind of people. Doesn't matter I've, if it's a Jeep. I've taught my wife now, you know, she'll she'll see one on, you know, 22-inch wheels or whatever. Yeah. So I bet he doesn't even have lockers. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've taught her, Start I've taught knocking her that it. now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you see a bunch of duckies in the windshield, and it's got, like, anything over an 18-inch wheel, and yeah, those are mall crawlers. You know, and ours was, 
you know, a, a YJ stretched to 120 inches, LS swap, tons, coilovers. Shit. I've seen that? Yeah, you've seen that. Wow. Yeah, we'll get, I'll show you a picture of it after a while. Yeah, man, that's uh, YJs are a cool rig. The first rig that my dad bought, I bought a four-door for my first one just because we had kids, but my dad bought a TJ to start, man. It was just like a whole different breed going from the TJ to the JK. It's like you get out of a side-by-side and you get into a car is what it felt like. Right. And then when we bought the JL, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, my God, this this thing is like cush compared to the JK. But honestly, we just did a trip. My brother bought my JK from me. We just did a trip with them. And um, I kind of miss it, man. I yeah. kind of there's there's things that I miss about it. Mostly the payment, <laughs> right? Like the JK was paid for, you know, right. so there's no payment on it. But a lot of a lot of me wants to like, man, I just like you want to get out from under the burden of of payments and financial stress. And it's like I'd pretty well gotten to that point, and then I bought that JL, and you know, things like nine hundred bucks a month. Or oh something. my it's just stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid, and. Uh, so, you know, you see the JK doing basically the same thing that we're doing in the JL. Yeah. It does a few things a little less nice, but, man, for 900 bucks a month, I'll like, take it I, back. Like, okay, that, w- so. that was, it was worth it. Yeah, yeah. So and, You know, you, you brought up another can of worms, the, the Jeeps and the side-by-sides. Yeah. Yeah, we did side-by-sides you know, first. I, and I'll tell you what. Um, I've had both. I've had, you know, I've had a Razor 1000, and then I had a built KRX 1000. And I've, then I've had, you know, stock Jeeps to built Jeeps. And I, I like the Jeeps. Yeah. But the side-by-sides were fun. Oh, yeah. It was fun. Like, you take you take side-by-side out to s'more. And, you, yeah. you know, on a weekend when it's dead, you can fly around. Yeah, it's, it's the nearest technical. It is fun. You just haul ass everywhere you go on those. Yeah. And, and you don't really have to. Like, when you're driving a Jeep, it's a whole different game, man. It's like tack. You got to have some tactic behind your driving. With a side by side, you can hit just a little more gas, right? A little more skinny pedal. Yeah, and send it. yeah, yeah. Because we actually we so we started on ATVs or uh, yeah four wheelers. Yeah, and then I bought the first side by side. I remember like my dad and everybody's like, oh, we're not gonna get those. You know, those are for wimps and this and that. And I bought like a Razor eight hundred or something, and it was like a trail fifty inch wide. Well, then I had some issues with that. I bought a Razor nine hundred trail. And then, man, we just, like, went down the rabbit hole trying all these new things. And, like, we ended up settling on, like, a North Star uh, Polaris Ranger 1000 XP. I mean, it's badass. Air conditioning, heat. And that, and that they make a ton of power. Yeah, yeah. And we have a truck bed. Right. And it had windshield windshield wipers. And then I bought uh, Connor a 500 Ranger. And then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, man, the money I got in these, I could have a Jeep. And I don't have to trailer these. I just get in the Jeep and drive on the road from trail to trail. And, like, to make a long story short, that's where this channel started. It's like I got yeah. the Jeep and got into this, like, whole overlanding adventure type thing. And uh, we ended up selling my Polaris Ranger and bought my Jeep and had money left over. Like, it's insane th- what the side-by-sides cost. Yeah. So, you know, I think we got, like, $27,000 out of that Ranger or something. You know, you know that that just sparked something. You said that's where the channel came from. Yeah, I'm gonna be hitting you up for some help. Yeah, you're gonna appreciate this. So I I got to pick my elective that I get to teach my students second semester. Okay. Okay. So I named the class Lights Camera Action. I'm gonna teach them. We're gonna use my GoPros. I've got a couple GoPros. How ah. to take video. How to edit it. Very cool. And it's it's a it's gonna be a learning curve for me because I'm not yeah. I know how to do it. 
yeah. I'm not that good at. Like they're <laughs> they're gonna they're they're gonna surpass me, but I can yeah. get them started. Yeah. And I just think as big as YouTube, as big as all this is getting, like I'm like, what yeah. you know, what 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 are these kids gonna enjoy and what some of them might go on and make a million dollars, you know. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah, man. Um and, so and and we're now we're limited, like we have Chromebooks. So I'm I'm using um We Video because okay. they've got a good school subscription, but they've yeah. For the money, they've got a lot of awesome features that yeah. will get these kids started in that. Huh. Um, that's, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, so that'll be – got to teach that for like 45 minutes a day. Wow. Um, so I'm looking forward that's to that. That's a good skill for them to learn, man. Right. Like, like it, just like with this, like uh, we've got this whole soundboard, video board, all this crap you got to run in here. And, I mean, you know, man, to, to have a sound engineer come in and run that stuff, it's like stupid expensive. Yeah. Um, And then, like, part of me is like, man, I – it would be nice if I could run it, but look at all the crap, you know, then you got all that pile out here and I can't really focus on the conversation, which is to me was the most important thing. Like I didn't even want to yeah. have my phone out here just cause I want to be tentative to the conversation. So it's like, well, there's Connor. And, and so man, he's, he'll be picking up a good skill. He's running the programs, the software, and he's running the different camera angles and all these things and microphone volumes and like, can, can lead to a big money. Job. It is man. And, and that's where the world is going. It's like, uh, and that's one thing I will say about YouTube. You know, I say a lot of bad stuff about YouTube because they, uh, with the censorship and all the stuff that's going on, but they have created this machine of creativity that, that is awesome. And people getting on and just kind of making, like, we, I wouldn't have this platform right now. Like, and, and YouTube is, for us, we're starting to kind of do more stuff on Rumble and over on that kind of edge of the things because it's a lot more, uh, less censorship right. and a lot more freedom. Um, but YouTube, man, they deserve credit for, for, for making, uh, you know, taking this power from these big production companies and, and these big news stations and kind of putting it in the hands of whoever's willing to bust tail and get it done. And, uh, there's a lot of people that wouldn't have any kind of a platform if it wasn't for them. Right. And, 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 and then just like, I, I don't know how many hours of YouTube I watched before yeah. we went to Moab. Yeah. Um, like I wanted... I heard, you know. When did you go? So we went, we just went in May. Oh, okay. And, okay. you know, it, I mean, I don't know how many different videos I watched of Pritchett Canyon because I'm like, I want to know that trail. I've everybody's, heard a lot about Pritchett Canyon. Everybody we, says how hard it is. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's tough. We made it. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's we sh like we should have went to with our Jeep Sand Hollow or something. Yeah. Um, where it's really technical. But I wanted to make sure I knew the, what these trails look like. Before you know, I load up with with Sydney in the Jeep with our friends in the Jeep on these trails. Yeah, um, a thousand miles from home. Yeah, um, I did a I did a cross country Harley trip by myself. Well, I don't know how many hours I watched YouTube getting ready Figuring for that. You know, yeah. um, seeing seeing what routes I wanted to take is that worth it? And that's what you know you you can. Gosh, people use it to learn. They use it to just live the experience. A lot of people yeah. never go do that. Yeah. But they love watching other people do it. Yeah, you bring up a really good point there because definitely the the amount of viewership from YouTube is, and I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like you're hating on the viewer, but most of the time the viewer is there because they need something. Yeah, they need they're trying to learn something or they're so that's why like we'll do we'll we will bust our ass on these episodes where we. Uh, We'll like go out and and you know we'll do travel or we'll adventure. We did some Airbnb stuff. We stayed in this castle and like these episodes that take a ton of work, 
Um, but ultimately, the ones that pay off the most and are still our most viewed stuff on our channel are DIYs, how tos, um, you know, how to flat tow your RV is like flat tow a Jeep behind an RV. That's like one of our biggest things on our channel. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those videos land us some really good sponsorships. But like at the end of the day, those videos feel it's like a job when you're creating them. When I was, you know, I was watching overlanding videos mainly for the motorcycle because I'm like, I, w- I want a tent camp. Yeah. Oh, man, there's a lot of those and, out there. And, you're and, and you know, just in overlanding videos, the next video pops up. And um, honestly, that's kind of how I, like, first seen your video. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Was, I was just like, I need, okay, I've got, you know, X amount of space on this Harley. Unfortunately, it's a full backer. Yeah. Um, so I've got a tour pack and saddlebacks. Like, what kind of, you know, is this person a little cook stove? Yay, yay on this one. <laughs> Um, cause everything I, I bring a house to work cause I can't yeah. bring very much of it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then we were talking the other day, the, the mutual friends that we have in common. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it, and it's crazy how it turns into a small world. Yeah, man. And, and that's one thing that I will say about like the, the Jeep community is, is, uh, they are kind of like that. It's like, everybody's kind of, you know, everybody knows everybody. And uh, when we built our house, like, um, you know, people from the Jeep community came out and like, you know, the person that did our drywall was somebody, you know. Right. Um, And uh, so, you know, and I think that was kind of a word of mouth thing. It's like our platform has really done a lot of good for us. I mean, a lot of times maybe the views don't show things or or this and that, but it's like, you know, you'll, you'll ask something, just try it. I mean, you wouldn't be sitting here right now if it wasn't for other people that kind of connected, connected us. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, that that whole thing and and I don't think the platform is owed anything on that. I think it's the people. Oh yeah. But yeah, so I mean it's, you know, I don't know. Time time will tell, but um I think that there's enough competition out there now on all these platforms where maybe they'll start smartening up on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So oh we'll yeah. We'll see on the censorship stuff. It's it's just I don't know. It's like everything else right now, time will tell. Right. So Well, so so Tell me, like, you know, the whole premise of kind of what we were going to talk about was kind of like, you know, military background and stuff. So you were over, what they call it, outside the wire, right, or something like that, basically. Uh, pretty T- much daily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. T- so we, um, so, I mean, the, the, the main, the one hard, it was 12 and a half months at um, Jagatu, and we were basically. Jagatu's Afghanistan? Yeah, so we were in northern Afghanistan, um, actually, so if you, if anybody wants to, um, J-A-G-H-T-U, if you type that into Google Maps, it'll, t- it'll show you right where it's at. In northern Afghanistan, I think our outpost was like 8,000 feet elevation, so we were in the wow. mountains. Um, yeah. And most, most people don't, you know, you just think of the Middle East, and, and what comes to mind is Iraq, sand, yeah. hot. No, we were in the mountains. So it's like uh, uh, pine trees and mountainous terrain up there, a lot of rocks and... And not a lot of trees, not a lot of no. trees. Um, okay. But, I mean, it, a lot of mountains. Um, they were, the peaks all around us were 11,000 feet. So, huh. I mean, picture, almost picture some of the Rockies, um, you know, in your head. I mean, they were, we were up there, and uh, we came from, we came from Fort Polk at sea level, Fort Polk, Louisiana. Wow. Um, so I was with 10th Mountain out of Fort Polk, and, you know, we come from sea level to that, and, um, that was the first time I ever experienced altitude sickness. Uh, yeah, and, it'll and, kick your ass, and, man. And and somewhere there's a picture of me floating around, like I'm, 
like hanging off the front bumper of one of our trucks and you know i got diarrhea shit myself and puking at the same time um you know from and, the altitude yeah from the altitude oh, sickness. Like I, was, I was up on the gun on the top of the truck and i tried there were some guys walking by the truck and i tried to warn them but i threw up and right oh, on, splashed right on them yeah um it it kicked my butt hardcore yeah um it, it it's such a difference too, and like just how quick you go high elevation, how yeah. much of a difference it makes. We we went up Pikes Peak just recently, and man, I don't normally get elevation sickness. We've camped at ten thousand before, yeah. and when we went up Pikes Peak, it's like uh, because we went up and down so quick, it kicked all of our asses. And it's funny because we got right. up to the lodge at the top of Pikes Peak, and everybody's just like laying around up there because everybody it, is sick. It's by brutal. Up there. It was it's man, brutal. It was bad. And, and we've been up to some high ones, but it's always usually on off-roading trails. So it yeah. takes long, a lot longer to get up there, and you kind of get used to it as you're going up the mountain. But we've been up 14,000 feet out in Colorado on Jeep trails, and I've never had problems. But driving up Pikes Peak on the highway kicked my ass, man. Yeah. And, it, I mean, I, I felt terrible. Well, even, yeah, going from here to there drains you. Yeah. You know, we went from sea, sea level, um, you know, to that. And I remember first day there we we just walked around our compound with the guys we were relieving yeah and it's maybe a, like maybe a mile circles what we're doing um, and we're sucking we are sucking and they're yeah. just you know out there smoking cigarettes like come on <laughs> keep up guys yeah. keep up uh that like yeah. the afghanis no the no the american the, the dudes that have been there a while that, that we were relieving yeah. yeah and um i was like oh my gosh like yeah. you know and you give it a couple weeks and then we were, I mean, we were fine. We adjusted to it. Yeah, so out there, it's like either really hot or like pretty cold, right? So it was hot in the summer, and then um, we got a lot of snow. There yeah. were times where we had three, like three or four feet of snow on the ground. I don't know what's worse, man. Like, I think the, the snow is probably worse than being too hot. Yeah, because it made it, like, then it would start to melt, and it would get muddy. Yeah. And we're either wet. walking or driving in there every day. Your yeah. boots are soaking wet from the snow. Yeah, I think I'd rather um, do the heat. You know, we had we had unlimited Gatorade and water, yeah. uh, pretty much. So it's like uh, we can, you know, we got we got cool drinks. They weren't cold, but they stayed in the shade. Yeah, man, that's just I don't know. Yeah, I mean, any any time you see like combat type stuff on, uh, anytime you see like combat type stuff on uh, on YouTube, it's hardly ever snow. Right. It's almost always like hot and desert terrain. But we watched something the other night, man. These guys like hoofed at 10 miles and i think it was like 130 degrees or something just crazy but honestly i'm sitting here thinking about that and i think i would take that over like freezing snow and being wet in the we, snow we went out a few times in snow and so the winters are so weird like it it almost it almost always got above freezing so your top layer of snow melts and then refreezes yeah so you're having to like bust through that layer of ice with your foot with every step Man. and it was um that's yeah, like sand like, your know, snow's like walking in yes you know, like sand we went out one time and i passed out i mean so i guess like it was so miserable i mean i don't know if you want to say that's the first like the only time like i fell out of you know any type of march um yeah i just passed out like woke, the woke up in the aid station they Fortunately, we were close enough. We had a John Deere Gator. They just drove it out and came and got me. Oh, Threw me man. in the back of it. Drove me up. Hooked an IV up to me. God knows how they would have uh, drug you around if they didn't have Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, I mean, and I I, I had, 
I had too many layers on. Like I was freezing, I was freezing my ass off that morning. So I dressed with too many layers. I had a ton. My pack was completely full of ammo. You know, I was a saw gunner, I was a machine gunner. So oh, it was God. it was full. Um and I mean I I was out. I don't even really remember that. Yeah. Yeah, those things are heavy too, right? Like like 20, 26 pounds. Oh, I was, it, oh, was oh, with that gun weight. Was so, that yeah. unloaded or yeah, that's I mean that's bare gun. So I've yeah. got you know, I've got a 200 round nut sack on it, optics. Yeah, yeah it's like a like an ammo can almost, so right? Yeah, yeah so like it's said. Um, that was brutal. Yeah, it, it, but you think every time you step down, you've got to put pressure on that yeah. to break through the ice. Um, yeah, no thanks. I'm out yeah, on that. That man. was brutal. Yeah, was it brutal. is. Um, you know, and and that was the we were so remote. Um, I think there were probably eight. Probably eighty of us there. If I'm, if I'm doing that number right in my head. Um, so, I'm, so when you say eighty of us there, you're talking like you're in some kind of like little, basically like a fort almost. So we're so we are surrounded by Hescos, which basically they're like six foot tall sandbags. Yeah, double stacked. Okay. So those are you digging in at all? Or are you kind of? No. So we just set them up and then. Um, some of the locals actually, I don't know where they got it, had an excavator, so it filled oh, nice. them up for us. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, so it's, you know, it's like, that's they're five or six feet. So like our walls, 10 or 12 feet of these huge sandbags. Um, and then there was a school inside the compound, an old school, and we kind of took it over, and that's where we lived. And there's mold on the walls in there. Oh, I mean, God. You know, that's another thing to add to, you know, what, what we did. The problems, um, yeah. We had these little makeshift trailer showers. Um, I mean, to give you an idea of how much, how often they worked, uh, in like 12 and a half months, I took 10 showers. Wow. Um, you'd wear your socks till they were crunchy and wash them in an ammo can with, with a bottle of water. Oh, man. I it, bet it smelled right from your guys' little, uh, so, little so, barracks compound so, so or wherever when, you're sleeping. When we were coming home, I showered in Kuwait on the way home. Mm-hmm. And we got home three days later and do our little homecoming ceremony. And we're riding in the car. And my mom's like, you stink. And I'm like, Mom, I just <laughs> took a shower a couple three days, days ago. ago. Like, yeah. I'm I'm fresh. I'm good for another month. Oh, my God. She's like, she's like, when we get to the motel, the first thing you're doing is shower. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there's a lot of things where it's like, man, you just go back, like, primitive with that shit. And, and man, just it, it wasn't long ago we were living like that. So, right. you know. Yeah, and, and, you know, she, I mean, I think about it. My mom grew up with. No indoor plumbing. I don't even know. If, yeah. I don't even think it had electricity inside. Yeah. It's like that's yeah. one generation ahead. And yeah. and you know, for like when when I tell that story to people, they're like, "You only got that many showers?" Yeah. And it's like, you know, we didn't even. Th- I mean, we didn't yeah. even think about. You, it. Now you, we have baby wipes. You start realizing how unimportant things are. You know, yeah. when you're worried about getting your ass shot off every day, maybe a shower is not that important. You know, and we were. You know, we were we were in it. They weren't scared to fight up there. Yeah. Um, so what so what our schedule looked like is we had two days of missions or ops. Yeah. So we do that for two days, and then we'd have two days of like security. Um, you know, where you do tower guard, you do anything on on our little outpost that needed done, and then you had two days where it was kind of your rest days, kind of not QRF, so quick reaction force. So you you were the guys if the dude's going out on ops started you know to get into it you were rolling out to help them so you got to be ready 
to go just like that. I mean, our, I think our goal was, you know, all of our gear on, trucks fired up and out the gate in four to five minutes. That was our goal and, and headed to them. So is that some kind of like forward operating base that you're in that you're leaving to and from? So we're so we're on the outpost. Um, our fob was 12 clicks away. Okay. Um, so that's where so any air support either came from there or Bagram. Um, fob shank was pretty limited. Most of the time it would come from Bagram. So it was hard to get. Wow. Um, now, when they did come, those guys and those Ap- Apaches, yeah, lifesavers. Yeah, those man. dudes are awesome. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. It's like you're down and out, and you're in a lot of trouble. And one of those shows up and it changes everything. And the, you know, we give them a lot of crap, but those Air Force guys coming in and their jets, and they just sounded so dang cool on the radio too. <laughs> like, you know, well, they get a lot of practice. You know, I'm like Razor Charlie out. You know, like yeah. these guys. <laughs> Well, while you're digging holes and moving right, sandbags, yeah. they get to practice radio and it's, skills. And it's like, why, why didn't anybody tell me about that job? Yeah, like, yeah I want that one. Know, that Army recruiter was, well, I mean, do you like guns? I'm like, well, yeah, I like guns, you know. He's like, oh, you like to go hiking and camping? Well, yeah. You want to kill terrorists? Well, yeah. <laughs> I got the job for you. Yeah. Well, you probably got better stories than, than those guys. They don't, get, it, they don't see it. They don't live it, man. Yeah. They're kind of up away from it. You know. And we were, I mean, we were in it. Yeah, we were, we were in it, you know. And uh, two times, two times in my military career, I'm, I've ever questioned like, what the hell did I get myself into? Yeah. And the first time, I di- I didn't know what I was doing. It was when the bus pulled into Fort Benning to drop us off, and they come on yelling, and it's in the middle of the night. It's probably midnight when we that got first there. first reality and, check. And I'm just like, yeah, I messed up. Mm-hmm. And the second time was um, when when the bird I was on landed at our outpost. Um, as soon as it touched down, we had all kind, kinds of incoming. Um, I mean, they were rocking the mortars at us, or you know, and I'm just like, oh, shit. And that was your first, like... And, and I mean, I had been boots on ground. I mean, I'd been in country for a couple of days, but when I found out, like, this is where I'm spending the next year, mm. as, soon as, as soon as a bird touches down, you know, the incoming, and, and then it's real, you know, you... They try and mimic those mortar sounds to you coming in. Nah, nothing, nothing, mm. nothing replicates that. Yeah, it's wild, man. I can't, I can't fathom because not only is it what you're hearing, but like, man, a few feet closer and you're done. Like everything is right. right then. I, I don't know, man. It's it the whole thing to me is just it's hard to grasp, and I, I think that it's really hard. You can't really understand it unless you you live it, and uh, a lot of people try to understand it, but it's. I, I was reading somewhere, I heard somewhere that like uh, when a bullet's being shot at you, it sounds like kind of like a bumblebee when it's going by. Yeah. Any truth to that? Kind of like a buzzing it, sound. It whizzes, whizzes by, yeah. it does, yeah. I've heard like, um, uh, I've heard guns being shot in my direction and it's got a whole different crack when you're at the other end of the barrel. Uh, so I've heard that, but um, never had one close enough to like kind of really? hear it buzzing by or bullet whizzing by. I heard it. I, I heard it very fast in the deployment. So. This is probably the first. We'd probably been there a week, yeah. and we're going out on our first big, big patrol. We're patrolling this whole valley, and um, last village of the day we come up to, you know. So we've, it's it's natural. You shouldn't, but you know, you're kind of complacent at this point. You're ready to get back. You're worn out, yeah. and shit hits the fan just like that, just like that. We had a dude. Uh, 
got shot through the ass cheeks. Mm. Um, I guess know. that's a good place to get so, shot. So we're so we're, you know, a weekend and we got a guy shot. And um, where we had a cross, we were kind of in the low ground, and I'm up on the gun on the truck, and all of a sudden, tink tink tink, rounds mm. are hitting the chicken plates, and um, it's exact. <laughs> The movies get it right when you just freeze. Yeah. And you're just Lock like, up. like you can't move. Yeah. Um, and it happened to me for, you know, it felt like a lifetime, but it was probably five or six seconds, you know, where you're just like, shit, like, you don't, you know, you're just there. You're just there. It's not loud, nothing. And, you know, all the guys down in the truck are yelling at me, you know, fucking shoot them. And I'm, I'm just yeah. like, I'm just there. Froze, man. Um, and then that was like, you know, we we might actually die here. Yeah. Like this is this is a weekend. And this is already happening. Yeah. Um, and then I came to. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this so is So all that went through your head, right? Right then and right there. Like, man. Yeah. Couldn't I mean I couldn't move. Yeah. Like um, time hard, slowed. Hard to explain. Yeah. Um, and then you're just there to like once you once you've been in that you're now it's like okay I got a job to do go through it get it out of the way and I got and I got to be good at it because these guys also depend on that yeah I mean I think that you pretty much took like the job that I would say most people are the most scared about carrying like a heavy machine gun where you know like man those guys that sit on top of Humvees with like in a in a fifty cal or whatever they're doing up there mm. it was a blast though um and and you know I like that seven or eight seconds cost me. Um, you know, I drove a lot after that. Yeah. Um, and I, I took some shit over that. Um, but I redeemed myself yeah. later on. But I was a good driver. Um, they're like, well, you're a farm boy, so you know how to drive. So, and <laughs> Especially then, like the wheeling. You know, yeah, and, and, and we're in these MATV trucks, 52-inch tires, C7 Caterpillars. Do those have like the rakes on and, the side? And, to Like they got shielding on the sides of them? Right. Well, we had cages on them. Okay. RPG cages. Oh, uh, okay. They're okay. just like these little mesh things. Keeps the RPG from hitting the vehicle and it hits something yeah. first. Yeah. Okay. That's um, what that is. So, I mean, I I compare the terrain a lot. Like, it was. I mean, it was like it was like driving one of the up, one of these up and down ranch road. You know, it's more yeah. up up and down yeah. up and down. We don't have trail maps. We're looking for IEDs. You know, we, this is all new. We, we don't know, hey, is this car, you know, is this friend or foe? Any Anytime I was a lead truck, I think my blood pressure was so high. I was a cardiologist nightmare. Yeah. Um, a lot of those guys over there had that, right? Like yeah. High blood pressure. Oh, constantly. Just strung out, man, all Constantly. The um, and it, you know, and that, and that was, that was pretty routine. Um, they sent us. You know, our, our battalion sent us out to do a lot. We did a lot our our platoon. Um, we spent a week in the Chalk Valley. Those people were so out of touch with the rest of the world. They thought we were still the Russians there from the 80s. Oh, my gosh. What, like Afghani, like yeah. civilians or yeah. whatever they call them? Yeah. Wow. They were so out of touch with the rest of the world. Um, wow. And it was, and they, once they found out who we are, they were, they were pretty cool with us. Um, which our last day there, we did end up finding an IED maker's like plant, his operation, um, which was pretty big. It pissed us off. Nobody told us about it because they they were 
nice to us. And yeah. They, they yeah. knew what we were looking for. Two-Face. Um, but, you know, they fed us. They, they were and, – and we talk about this, you know, the stomach problems. And I think about back to oh, eating over there. Oh, man. I think the back their, – their produce was – all, I mean, you talk about all organic. Yeah, it's probably good food over there. But. You know, their chicken and rice was amazing. Yeah, their their water was the best watermelon I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they don't have all the preservatives and the money making marketing bullshit that we do here. And it's and and then you know like naturally, but, it's like do those people have stomach problems eating that? Like they don't have any they don't have any chemicals any. any yeah, I mean, but when you first said that, what came to my mind is like poisoning people, man. Like that was the first thing I thought of. Like, man, you're eating over there. And this guy's two-faced enough to let a, a, well, a we, IED maker. We wanted real food. We were taking our chances with that. Yeah, yeah, I bet. What do you, so what do you when you're not eating that? What are you eating like MRE garbage over there? Yeah, so like so like when we were in chalk, I mean, it was what we had in our rut sacks. Yeah, which um, is probably f- completely full of preservatives. And it's you know the MREs. They gave us some other weirdo kind of MRE. I forgot what yeah. they're called, but like it's got one of the mini cans of Chef Boyardee in it. Oh, dude. It's like wow, we're you know we have so so we're we have to operate at peak performance, and you're and living eating, on garbage. And, you know, when you're eating garbage, and mm-hmm. now like it's it's crazy to think like, okay, I'm I'm gonna lift heavy in the morning, so I gotta I gotta eat right tonight. But yet we could, you know, when you're 20 years old and yeah. and in Full of in such good shape over yeah. there, it's like the things we did yeah. on the crappy food. We were all dehydrated. Yeah, um, I mean that. Yeah, there's something to be said about that too. Kind of the lifestyle you get used to, yeah. And and uh, it, it became the norm. Yeah, we knew, we knew we knew what we had to do. We knew what the conditions were. Did we like it? No. Did we bitch about it? No. We just did it. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's that's that. I don't know. That's that's wild. It's the whole thing to me. It's like you put. I don't know. Maybe it's like it comes back to what we were talking about earlier, though. It's like you've got these things that are so crucial that you get done that a lot of this stuff, just like a shower, kind of falls second wind, and probably appetite is probably one of those. I right, bet you, like you just you just learn. There's you probably eat. days where you just went without like eating, and then like, man, I am starving. I got to eat, but you probably just like forgot to eat. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, you were just you'd get so busy, or yeah. you know that just wasn't as important. Hey, there's a there's a you know we had. Three, three computers. The internet worked part of the time. Yeah. Um, so if you you know if midnight one a.m. everybody sleeping, run over there, make a quick Skype call home yeah. real quick. Um, you know that was worth sacrificing a little sleepover, which we didn't get very much of. For sure. There was a lot of nights I remember. You know my sleep schedule was, um, like midnight to four a.m. Four four and a half hours somewhere. That was and that was it. Yeah. And it was right back to it. Yeah. Um, and and you just think like, wow, what we put our bodies through, like. Yeah. I, That's I why they get you I, young. Yeah. You know, they get you right out of high school, man, and and uh, and I don't know if you could do it any other way, to be honest. No. Just like they get a lot of these young kids, and until you're probably like mid thirties, I say you're you're doing pretty good if you can. And we had some guys in their thirties, and they you know. A lot. They did it, but they struggled. Yeah, they were struggling. They were hurting a lot. Yeah, yeah. just like oh, we're still young enough and dumb enough. Like, yeah, thirties yeah, is really where you start getting all these weird problems, man. I think that's where I've been going downhill. Yeah. Just like that, flip the switch. Yeah, that's what it's like. Because I was just talking to him about it earlier. It's like, um, you know, things that you do when you're younger and you've got a body that can handle it. 
you you completely take it for granted. Yeah. And then as you get older, you're like, my God, this I never even thought about this before, but this is wearing my ass out. <laughs> you but, find everything that hurts on uh, your body. It starts yeah. popping. Yeah, and your body just starts falling apart. And I don't know. I'm hoping that there's some kind of second win because, gosh, you know, I think that we're probably in the age, you know, this day and age and medically that people are going to live over 100. You know, oh, like yeah. our generation will live over 100 if you can keep from getting cancer or something like that. I think I think people who, you know, their genetics are going to play a role, but their diet's right. They haven't smoked. You know, they haven't they, been burning trash outside of a base. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I joke, but it's kind of true. And you know, I tell my wife, like, if I make it to forty, I think I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah, you know, man. we've we've beat our bodies up. Yeah, and you now I'll make it to a good solid fifty. Yeah, yeah. but it, and and that was so you take you take our conversation now and you take it back to college and I'd hear college kids be like, oh my gosh, you know, we got a project coming up. This is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, and I'm just like, I just I'm refraining from slapping you. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I need you to know that I'm refraining from slapping you. <laughs> trade and, one day with me. And I got, I got in trouble the first, my first semester in college. There was a kid and he just wouldn't shut up, wouldn't shut up. So I finally was like, look, if you're going to keep acting like a little kid, I'm going to treat you like one. You know, I'm, I'm another student. I'm not even a teacher. <laughs> and uh, he just wouldn't shut up. So I made him go stand in the corner. Oh, man. The professor walks in and she's like, oh. <laughs> out of pure fear <laughs> yeah that's uh, funny yeah yeah man, man it's it's uh it was it was oh it's such a different life when when was this how long ago so that was so this is where like i and, I, and it's probably why a lot of people commented and got us hooked up like i had an i had it so i i i would have been a lifer in the military i broke my back yeah and then when it we started getting close to getting out. You know, that's where you make decisions if you're going to re-enlist, whatever. And went and seen the retention officer. And he's like, look, you have like a flag or whatever next to your name. I don't know what the hell, you know. You can re-enlist, but you can't do this job anymore. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm a pretty smart dude. I scored high on the ASVAB. I'm Intel. But I'm, I'm going to be able to go to Intel. You can either be a cook or get out. Wow. I think I'll get out. I think I'll get out. What? So what did you do? How did you break your back? So I had the unfortunate privilege of finding an IED the hard way. Oh, no. Were you driving? Yeah, I yeah. was. And, uh, you know, rattled all our brains and uh, whatever they call that, T, TBI, um, broken back. But so like all, the we all, we all lived, yeah. yeah. The concu- the, was it the concussion of it? or That's Oh, that's man. what that's what they're guessing mm. and um just like just shoved you up and you know i like was like living on those morphine suckers whatever they're called they got some kind of like oh, i didn't name but they're like wow. a sucker that's morphine and finish the deployment with it so that's kind of like i got some more damage because we didn't like take care of it yeah. finish finish this deployment went got back to fort polk went through all the ortho and rehab and all that jazz and that's when I found out, you know, oh, I can get out and be a cook. And I'm like, well, you know, I feel pretty decent. I know I can never, like, do this job. I understand that. But I'm like, I'm a pretty smart dude. And he's like, well, you know, Iraq's done. So we're down. The Army's downsizing. 
like so you can get so out. So you go through all that, put your body but through that, and then they offer you a cooking position. Yeah, that was the only thing that was open. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get out. Yeah, like I, I got my GI Bill, you know, but I didn't know what I wanted. What year to do. was this? So this would have been twenty, beginning of twenty thirteen. Huh. So I'm like, all right, you know, I don't, I'm just gonna go to college. That's what I guess that's what you got to do, and. I did a semester and I and I I was good at it, all A's first semester. But I'm like, this isn't me. So I do another semester of college. Yeah, just I'm already enrolled. I'm I'm using my GI Bill. I'm getting my housing allowance. Like, it was it was fucking cush compared to what I like. That, oh, that's yeah. that's why I went back. I'd say that's honestly the probably only reason I went back and did that second semester. Mm. Now, one thing I've always since I was a little kid, I've loved semi trucks. Mm-hmm. Love semi trucks. So I'm I'm in college. I'm not happy. And I got a buddy like, man, I bought a semi truck and I'm making all kinds of money over the road. Well, he runs regional with a hopper bottom. Okay, okay. So I finished I finished my last final on like a Thursday, and that Monday I went out and bought a semi truck. <laughs> Sixteen thousand dollars. Wow. Sixteen thousand. Like a big rig. Yeah. Full full on semi truck. We spent a week tinkering on it, getting. You know, we polished up on it, yeah. did some mechanical stuff, serviced it, just went through it, put it on the road the next week. Year later, bought another truck. Year later, bought another truck. But that $16,000 truck made me more money than any other truck I ever owned. It cost triple, quadruple. That Like that truck... It made me. It was a make or break. It yeah. took like I emptied my savings to do it, and it made me. But gosh dang, I was working seventy and eighty hours a week to do it. But it was my, you know, it was that was my company. I mean, I was leased on to a bigger company, but it's like that truck is me. It's got, you know, I own that. I own the LLC that it's under. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind working that, and I, and that was, it was a double edged sword. I had no life because that military lifestyle, like, I don't have any quit in me. Yeah. So when they would call and say, hey, we know you're tired. We know you've been on the road. You just took any job. Do you want to take this load? Yeah. Yep. Send, yeah. send it my way. And um, it, it caught up with me. Um, yeah, and that's a job that never quits. Because there's always stuff to be hauled, man. So they're always, always, always needing somebody. And then... One like we were, I was booming during COVID. I was booming. I bet. Um, nobody wanted to go to L.A., so I was running out to L.A. and back. And imagine that. L.A. back, L.A. back. Yeah. I'd do three weeks of that, and then take a week off. And um, you know, there at the end, I had a buddy. He's got a diesel shop down around Joplin, and and I was fortunate enough during my week off, I just parked my semi at his at his shop. Hey. Uh, Go, go through it. I'll be back next Monday. I'm heading out. Make sure it's all ready to rock and roll, and I can trust him. You know, he's, I mean, he's he's one of my best friends, and yeah, um, I can I can trust him, um, you know, to make sure he's ready to go. But I had like, I say so. I say it caught me. So I'm I'm putting I'm putting work first, putting work first, and uh, you know, I got some mental things going on. The PTSD's catching me. I'm yeah. not. I'm trying to ignore it. Um, the TBI is catching me out in that truck. 
T- TBI. That's the, that's the traumatic brain injury. That's right. Okay. And it's just all, I'm not taking care of myself. I'm working like a dog. Yeah. And then that's when, you know, the, it caught me. Yeah. I mean, I had to do, I had to do a week um, in the psych ward at Fayetteville at the VA. I mean, out of nowhere, I just become suicidal. Yeah. Don't have, um, don't have an explanation for it. And, um, I don't know. I, I I did a week down there, and all they do is, it's it's not a fix. They just fucking drug you up, make you like a zombie. Yeah. Um. And and fortunately, I, I my best friend Shelly, she um, she's the only reason I'm still alive today. It's like you were just getting too busy and like push pushing pushing all that away. I, and I lost no, I lost my purpose in life. Like yeah. that that truck, those trucks provided me with a good life. I made a lot of money doing it. Yeah. I made a lot of money. Um, I didn't have a purpose anymore. Anyway, yeah. there's somebody out there who would book a load and haul it for cheaper than I would. Yeah. Like, I feel like, and I'm not, if there's any truck drivers out there listening, don't take this the wrong way, but I feel like, you know, almost anybody can do that job. Anybody can be trained to do that job. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it shows. Look, look, look it definitely shows now. Foot, yeah. foot up on the dash, yeah. driving yeah. down the road, you know. Yeah, I've seen some stuff, man. And um, especially from Swift, I was in I was in a dark, dark place, and uh, fortunately, you know, she was like, "Hey, you're better than this. You know, pull your head out of your ass." Yeah, you know, and um, one day I just I've decided like I'm, I got to do something different. I got to do something different. That's that's when you thought teaching. Was this, was this then, so then so I'm like how. How do I make a difference? How how can I make a difference? Um, and I went and shadowed one of my old teachers. Wow! And, like that taught and, you? And, and yeah, and um, you know, in my I was I was ornery as hell growing up. Mm-hmm. I would not I would not have wanted to have me in class. Yeah. You know, I'll give it to you that way. And uh, I I loved it, and I got to talking to her about it. She's like, you know. What grade did she teach when she taught high, you? High school. Okay. She's like, ah, this doesn't this doesn't surprise me one bit. And I'm like, I hated being here. Yeah. She's like, yeah, but she's like, you just know, you just know the ones. She's like, when you've done this as long as I have, you just know the ones. Um, so I, you know, called called my, kind of had fallen out with the guy I was least on to at the time anyway. Kind of falling out, so I'm like, it's perfect timing. I'm posting all my crap for sale, and uh, it all sold for a really good price, really fast. So I'm like, you know, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna apply at Missouri State. I think I'm gonna go to Missouri State. Got accepted and everything, and I'm like, gosh dang, that's a big school. I don't like people. Like, when was I that? Like, what I year? like kids. So this was 2018. Okay. So there. I was, I was, we'll just go year by year here. Sure. So 2018. So then I'm like, I don't want to go to school. I don't, I don't like this many people. So I applied at Evangel and they accepted me, but then I had to like go meet the education department. And I'm like, Hey, um, I have like sleep tattoos and <laughs> I'm a, you know, I'm a pretty big guy, um, bearded, everything. Like, can I teach? Can I be a teacher? And they're like, well, yeah, like, <laughs> Yeah, that, you know, 
So I went and met him, and of course, like I stick out like a sore thumb at Evangel University. I bet you I, do. I stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. So instantly, I had a practicum, and they put me in Springfield School, and I didn't. I started out as a high school major, not elementary. I started out to teach high school math. My very first day in a classroom, all I did was ask this kid to go back to his assigned seat. He looks at me and goes, fuck you. Oh, that's always nice. So, so, so I asked the teacher, I'm like, hey, what do you want me to do? We'll send him to the office. They're going to kick him out of school. Okay, yeah, that's just what he wants, yeah. actually. So, yeah, yeah that's cool. So I, so I stopped him on the way out the door. And I'm like, look, you need to know something. I'm your teacher and I care about you. So you're just going to the office. But if I was some thug out on the street and you talk that way to me, I'd put you through this pavement. Yeah. And his eyes just get big. Yeah. And then it's five minutes later, they're calling me down to the office like, oh, you can't talk that way to kids. Like, we can't do that. And I'm like, you know, but he lives on the north side of Springfield. Yeah. You just kicked him out of school. Did him a favor. I mean, that's why he what, did it. Where do you think he's going to be running around at? Yeah. And if I'm some tweaker and he says that to me, yeah, well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. If I'm yeah. somebody looking for that high, yeah. So then they're like, um, let's try first grade. Let's like go completely opposite. <laughs> well, I got in trouble for pushing them too high on the swings. What? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. So, th- so then they're like fifth grade. They put me with. In my opinion, the best teacher in the entire Springfield School District. And she showed me that I could do this and that I'd be very good at it. She showed me like you're you're not like every other teacher and you need to use that to your advantage. Like you you bring so much to the table. So you need to do that. And I learned more in that semester from her than any other semester. She was she was awesome. She's the reason. She's the reason I think I'm going to be successful in doing this. And what grade was that? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Fifth Is grade that what you're two. teaching now? So I have sixth grade. Okay. And Close. so I, yeah, yeah. So I, I love, I love the middle school age. They're smelly. They're stinky. They're weird. Yeah. But I love them. Yeah. And so sixth grade too, you're doing, you know, like classes in between. So, right? I, have, so, so I have like I have students every hour. I have social studies. Yeah. So sixth grade with one block of eighth grade. And I love my eighth graders too. They're, oh, they're, my eighth grade class is phenomenal. They're top notch. Yeah. All my sixth graders, they're, this is middle school's new to them. So, so I, get, cool, I, get to, I get to teach them how to be responsible. Yeah. But, um, so she, she like instilled that on me. Do my second year, I do third grade. And I'm like, oh, that's where I learned. That's as low as I could ever go. Yeah. Because you can, you can still teach them. They're kind of, they have a, they can be independent a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, I, if I take my eye off them for 10 seconds, they'll be fine. Then COVID happened. And then they're like, uh, we got to wear masks in school. We're going to be doing virtual. And I'm like, this is small town. No. So this is an evangel. Oh, okay. so I'm still a student. Gotcha. So I'm like, um, yeah, fuck that. I'm going back to what I know. And I bought another truck and we're trucking. <laughs> Because I'm like, I'm not doing... Like, this is 2019, I'm, right? Yeah. So this, so this yeah, 2020. Like, oh, 2020. So, okay. So like, I'm, I was like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. So I bought another truck. Buddy, he's got a stainless steel reefer sitting, like this fancy trailer. I built a show truck. So I'm going to look cool going down the road. Um, so like that show, you might have seen it back in the day. Trick My Truck, Chrome Shop Mafia. Mm. 
Um, it was kind of like a pimp my ride show. Like okay. Semi. So like that's where we bought all our parts from was them, you know, and we built this pretty badass looking ride. And uh, once again, I just got back on the LA kick. Going so back and forth. So I'd haul like Tyson chicken out there. Yeah. And it, nobody wanted to go to LA, especially at that time. And I loved it. And I'll tell you why. They were on such strict lockdowns. I could make it across LA in an hour. No traffic. It would have taken me four hours. I could make it across in an hour. Wow. So I was, I was, I was making more money. That was the best year of trucking I ever had. Like, I had to blow money just yeah. for tax reasons. Yeah. I wasn't happy. As much as I, I love semi trucks. They're my, they're my passion. I'll have another one just for a tr- show yeah. truck someday, yeah. kind of thing. You know, um, I knew what I was supposed to be doing. I'm like, you know, you. As I like the lifestyle, I loved waking up new, somewhere new every morning. Yeah. You know, out on, out on the highway. If I got tired, I just stop on a ramp, go to bed for a while. I yeah. loved, loved that life. It, it appealed to me. I'm a young, single guy. I yeah. loved it. You yeah. know, like, I have, this is all the freedom in the world, but I knew what I was supposed to be doing. And it, yeah, it's a huge pay cut to go teach. But I found my purpose again, and everybody around me could tell when I did. Wow. And that's – so many guys fail to find that when they get out. And I, I I, think, honestly, like a lot of people go through life, and, and they know that they're not really happy with what they're doing. They just kind of – They're, com- they're comfortable. Yeah. They don't want to lose the money or they don't want to lose the security or – I mean, I was kind of in that boat for a long time, and uh, I don't know. I still don't know a lot of days what like I want to do. See, I I go like I go work every day. I love it. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't. I don't have to be there. Like I'm there, and I I get I get 50 minutes a day in each one of those kids' lives to yeah. make a difference. Yeah. To to teach them something. Wait. It might not be a damn thing about history. It might just how to be remember to bring their notebook to class. But they're gonna remember to be prepared. Yeah. Like that's what that's what they learn. That's what they're learning for this week. You know, like he might not be grasping what's in that textbook, but he's gonna know how to be responsible. Yeah. But yeah, I mean life lessons to me are so much more important than book stuff anyway. And and, and there's not enough good teachers that are doing it. And I, I love it. I do. I'm you know, I'm back to like this is this like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. As much as I could say, you know, I wish, I wish I could, you know, I'd be, I'd be like six years from retirement in the military. You know, I, that's crazy. I've I've got a, I think I did the math in my head. I've got to teach for twenty six more. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it. Yeah, and, you know, and, ex- and especially now the way you know our military's going, like I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it, I, I could have done without a broken back, but I'm glad things worked out the way they did. And you have to, you have to see, you got to find the good. It's not going to find you. You got to do it. Yeah, I mean, and you got to. <laughs> I don't know with anything. It's like you got to love what you're doing because if you don't, you're going to be miserable, and uh, you're not going to do that good of a job. Exactly, and. Um, you kind of owe it to wherever you're working to, to do a good job, and uh, and and that's ultimate kind of where I was getting to. But I don't know. 
at some point too you've got responsibilities and that's what makes our country so tough is because it's like you've got to put in so much time just to get by and uh you so get yeah you get a taste of that dollar yeah i want to give it up. and i didn't yeah i didn't i didn't want to give up that money yeah but it's it has all worked out we're doing you know my wife's a school nurse, so we both work in public education. So, you know, you can. Uh, oh, that's cool too, because you're off the same day. Yeah, so you can you can take a wild guess what we make, and we're doing just fine. Yeah. Um. You know, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. You know, they kids love going to the nurse. You know, <laughs> so she gets to, she gets to see kids when they're smiling, when they're happy, when they're trying to get out of school. You know, when they a, a peppermint fixes a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, that brings me back. I remember in school, I yeah. Uh, Back in back when I was uh, in school, the thermometer they had was those little deals you put under your tongue. Man, you just suck on one of them things, and it's gonna heat it up. And uh, I used to do that all the time to get out of school. I hated school, man. <laughs> I would do anything to get out of there. And uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely took a lot of trips to the nurse. That's for sure. But yeah. they they caught on pretty quick, I think. They finally figured you out. Yeah, yeah. But no, I I could definitely see that because the the nurse too is like uh, kind of getting out of class for a while. Uh, come down there and hang out. Right. Usually the nurse is really nice. A comfy chair to lay on <laughs> or sit in. Like, yeah, usually it's like they dim the lights and let you lay down for a few minutes and go back to class. So, yeah. I'd, right, I'd, and they know. Yeah. Nurses, nurses know what battles to pick and what not. <laughs> yeah, lay down there and take a nap for a minute, and then we'll send you back. And I I don't know. You know, I, I had a high school, my welding teacher. Um, he's, you know, the, he's the reason I finished school. And I think about, like, why did I like him so much? And it's not because he let me chew in class, but it also is. So I, several years, it's been a couple of years ago when I knew I was going into education, and I'm like, why did you, you knew we were in our welding booths chewing tobacco, and you never got on to us. And he's like, yeah, you're right. It's a school rule. He's like, I probably should have. But you were at school. You were doing what you were supposed to be, and you were trying to get better at this skill I was teaching you. If I'd have wrote you up for chewing, you'd have still done it. I'd have had to write you up again, and then they're going to kick you out of school. And what good does that do for you? Yeah. And it's you know it's one of those deals. Pick pick your battles. Yeah. Pick pick your battles. And I don't know. I'm not like I'm not saying like you let your students break rules. But what's the greater good for them? Yeah, and I think it's not like I think. The teachers that I can remember from school are the ones that looked at me eye to eye. Yeah, they're, they're the ones that treated me like a person and not like um, like a lower class. Like there's there's some parents and there's some teachers, and they look down on you and they try to be this authority figure. And those are the ones that like you you think about back at school, and it's like, man, I didn't like I pretty much shut down in those classes. But I would so, have I had to have a teacher like look me eye to eye and she would treat me like a like an adult. You know, I'm talking eighth grade. Well, see, and, and so I started in sixth grade, and you know, they're fifth grade's elementary. Yeah. Met, so they're treated like elementary students. Yeah. And I give them a lot of freedom. Yeah. But I also let them know like you guys are responsible for getting this taken away. Yeah. Not me. Like yeah. I'm. I want you guys to have this freedom because you're gonna learn from it. But you also, you know, you're responsible for being responsible. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's on you. You guys, you guys will give lose them this. enough leash to hang yeah. themselves if they're gonna do um, that. Yeah, you know, and I, I, so many of them, first day of school, they didn't know. Like, they're like, uh, 
they're just scared, like scared little puppy dogs. Yeah. And then they're realizing, like, okay, like he's kind of talking to me like I'm an adult, like yeah. I'm not a kid anymore. And they're still kids, but like it's like I'm I'm trying to teach guys responsibility. And yeah. I think they're picking up on it and they they respond well to it. Yeah. They do. That goes a long ways anyway, I think, with any any kids. And I try to treat like most kids that way. Like yeah. you know, like I'm not gonna talk to you like you're a toddler, you know, unless you're a toddler. But like kids that are getting into their, you know, their early to preteens and things like that, I and mean, they don't want to be talked down to. Or I mean, kids at that age are kind of getting it in their mind, and it's like, well, if this person treats me this way, then I'm not gonna have anything to do it's, with them. He wants they kind of shut down. He wants me to do all this. Yeah, to talk down to me. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. kind of shut down and ignore it. And so no, I try, you know, and I and I think back on my time in school, man. That's how like a lot of teachers back then, like that's how they taught. You know, yeah. it was like a this um i don't know if it's discipline or, or what it is back then but it was just a different feel i mean i don't know exactly how the schools are today because i'm you know not in school but i can remember those types of teachers i just shut down yeah like oh you're gonna treat me like that well, uh, here's how i'm gonna treat you i'm just not gonna do anything right and, and there's then, nothing you, you know, can do about that then because you're not gonna do anything your grades piss poor and then oh yeah you know yeah. And then they're like yeah, yeah you said earlier that you uh weren't uh that great of a student you were you know b student or something man and if i got a b i was like i was on cloud nine like yeah. a, a b is probably the best grade i ever got I, I i got an a one time but i cheated on this I test never, i never studied i never opened a book and, yeah and you know i just and in college i held myself to a high standard yeah and um you know i i actually remember this you cared I'm, more probably in college well, right i remembered i was it was snowing out yeah. freezing my ass off in a guard tower and I said, if I ever go back to college, I will never piss and moan about studying <laughs> in a climate-controlled library yeah. where I also know there's going to be women walking around, you know. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, it was, gosh, college was easy. It's they tell, they tell you what exactly you need to do, and you have one responsibility. Do it. Yeah, I mean, well, once you, you kind of waited till you were probably more mature and you realized that the grass isn't greener on the other well, side, you're there you're there to spend the money wisely, your college this money. Kid, this kid, he's like, you only do all your homework because you're old. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm about to slap you. Yeah. Well, you probably hit not too far from home, though. Right. Because, I mean, that's I was it. the old guy. Yeah. I was. Yeah, man. You know, and I'm only, I mean, yeah. I was 28 years old when I went back to school, and it's just yeah. like, to me, you know, like I'm, I was, I was in the best shape of my life, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. But like I was in my prime, like 28, 29, 30. I was, you know, I'm like, well, I feel, I feel good, you know, I still look pretty good, you know, like I've got my beard's way better than it's ever been, you know, <laughs> Discover, in. discovered beard oil <laughs> and all this stuff, you know, and, and, uh, I don't know, you know, like it's just like I don't, and then they're like, you're the old guy. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. you know, these these were, they were, like, they were little kids when I was deploying. Yeah. And that was, that was a hard one to swallow. It that is, man. was a hard one to swallow. And I'm not, I'm not very old, but it's wild um, when you go places and um, you see the person's age, you know, like somebody, somebody in front of you. Or, or you know, when I quit, when I quit getting carded for, for alcohol was kind of a crazy like, thing, listen, too. you turn around. And then you turn back around and card me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Because it says right on the thing if the person looks over forty, like, I'm like, if I look over forty, man, I am not doing good. Well, uh, 
I wanted to be that 40-year-old that looked like you just, you know, 30. I'm finding gray hairs popping up in yeah. my beard, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, it's it's happening. Like, Yeah, it's wild, man. It's, it's happening, wild. and I, I'm i not ready for it. I'm not. Yeah. You know, but, no, we, I mean, we stay, you know, we stay active. Um, you guys have any kids? No, so we're trying. Yeah. Um, I'm nervous to raise um I'm I'm nervous to raise kids in today's world. Like I'm if I have a daughter, I'm so scared. Mm. You know, not she'd have me whipped, but like I don't Yeah. I'm not I'm not scared to go to prison if you give me a read. No, you know, like <laughs> but I mean for real, like you some you fought like some dude wants to identify as this and you follow my my girl, you know, my <laughs> seven year old daughter oh, yeah, in yeah, a bathroom. You, you mean, okay, yeah, yeah, I got you what know, you're saying. Like yeah. I'm Hey, you're not talking like boyfriends. You're talking no, like, like, like weirdos. Pet, like, you know, like a, a predator. Yeah, yeah. You follow her in that bathroom. and Yeah, it's it's tough, so man. It's uh, it is like I'm in a, in a perfect world. We'd have a boy and then about three years later, a, a girl. And um, that'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah. But I used to think like the same thing. Like, uh, you know, I always wanted a boy first. Thankfully, it worked out for me. You know, Connor's. I'm already like, okay, she's, you know, we're going to teach her archery and she's going to go to jujitsu. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to teach her all about guns and like. <laughs> well, you might be surprised at what she wants. You right. Know, with Clara, man, Clara came out and, uh, yeah, she's all girl. Like she's, yeah. uh, you know. Does she like, does she like, like the, the Jeep stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to she puts up with it. Yeah. You know, but like she would rather be running around picking flowers in her dress. Like when yeah. we go out, we own, that's what she does. She gets out and gets the pretty flowers and plays in the creek and stuff like that. So she's definitely the the girl. She yeah. doesn't, you know, we shoot a lot of guns. She has no desire to do that. And Like I'm of the, you know, like I'll just you know, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, we took her ice skating one time. She was like a natural at it. So you know, she liked to do that and. But no, there's really never anything where it's like, you know, Connor doesn't really do feminine things and Claire doesn't really do masculine things. And and uh, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was... <laughs> I I could find myself that, you know, if I... And I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but like if Connor wanted to do feminine things, it would be harder pill for me to swallow than if Claire oh. wanted to do masculine things. I could... I could I, yeah, I mean, I'd... And I'd have no problem raising a tomboy like yeah, yeah. you know. But see, you know, at the end of the day, too, it's it's um, you know, man, it's how you how you raise him. And right. and yep. Connor was raised that, you know, when he was six years old, we were going deer hunting, and um, you know, back then we, we've really never done this whole uh, gender split up thing. Um, like a lot of people will say, you know. Well, the men go deer hunting and the girls do this or whatever. We just do everything as a family, man. Like, like yeah. through and through. That's awesome. And, yeah. And then when it comes time, like, and we go out deer hunting, Connor will go out in the woods with me. Clara has a few times, but for the most part, she doesn't really care to. But if her and Brandy want to go out and walk the woods while I'm hunting, they do. Yeah. And, and we do that every year. But primarily, they'll, they don't get up for the morning hunt. They're not going to crawl out of bed and go walk around the woods like an idiot. They're not interested in it. Right. So, you know, like we kind of gravitated towards these more man type things, but we've never really been in the mindset of like, like Randy doesn't have a girl's night. I don't have like a man night where, you know, we go out. We don't really have friends, but we don't have time. Um, but, you know, and even like church, like our church does these events for men or events for women. And, you know, usually the people that we see at church or that we maybe hang out with every once in a while outside of church, like, yeah, we're going to this or, 
the manly men's event. And I'm like, go deer hunting this year. You know, that's a man event. You know, like on, on that topic, we're blessed. Um, there's a pretty big group from our church that rides Harleys. So, like, we, oh, cool. you know, we yeah. get to go riding with them. And You both ride and, together? And, uh, she rides on the back. Nice. Yeah, she's not... Doesn't care to have anything to prove on a bike. Or? No, she'd like. She wants one of them like Can Am three wheeler things. Those are cool. Yeah, um, uh, Spider, right? I think they're Spider. Yeah, they make a smaller version of a Riker. Oh, so I've never smaller, seen it. So it's a smaller version of it. But she is Sydney. I love you, but she is not coordinated enough <laughs> to ride her own two wheeler. <laughs> She's not. Uh, yeah. So th- that's actually something funny. I'm glad you brought that up because all the time people are saying, let Brandy drive, you know, Brandy this and Brandy that. Brandy has no desire to drive at all. I have like when, when we have to get a shot, like a GoPro shot or we have to get a drone shot and I'm neat, she is livid that I'm making her drive and I'm in the passenger seat flying the drone and she hates it. She yeah. just like, she, and she knows she like, she knows her limitations. She has no desire to go off-roading and be driving. And, um, uh, I don't know. That's one of the things that always really attracted to me to her is it's like she doesn't have anything to prove, man. Like she doesn't need to drive this right. to prove that. Or, you know, there's a lot of women like, oh, I can do it. Or, or, you know, and there's men that do that too, where it's like, I can do this because everybody thinks that I can't. And then they end up wiping out or something. And I am, I'm you, glad. I'm glad she doesn't want to ride on her own. I'd be a nervous wreck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, she sets, she trusts me and she sits right behind me. Yeah. And, I like it that way. Like at first, I th- I was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool if she rode her own. That'd yeah. be that'd be all right. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm like, no, I'd be so worried about her. Yeah. And there's uh, so many idiots out there, man. When you're on a bike, I, I've you know, I've I've wrecked twice. Um, I had a I was down in Eureka, and yeah. a car pulled out in front of me, and it was either hit him or slide. So I laid it down and slid. I did the same thing with my bike. And then um, had a had a chick run me off I-44 last summer, and she never even seen me. And she was on her phone. I, I, mm. I looked. I looked like if she would have looked at me, we would have made eye contact. You know, <laughs> that kind of look. And Jeez. just on that phone. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I was on I-44 between Tulsa and Oklahoma City, where it's that three lane. So you're running. Everybody's running 90. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and uh, that kind of, that one, like, that one rattled me a little bit. And then it's like, you know, no. Like, I ride pretty safe. I'm pretty good on this, you know, on a bike. And. I love doing it, so I'm not going to stop. Yeah, a motorcycle is a whole different breed too, because you could be the best driver in the world, man, and that you just never know. You never know. And and when we had we we had motorcycles, and Brandy always rode with me, and and I always like crotch rockets. I just yeah, I got a problem with speed when I get on it. And so she was brave enough to get on an. I had an R6, and she would ride on there with me. We used to ride a lot, but. As soon as we had kids, man, and, and I've seen so many motorcycle accidents, and, and you could be the best rider in the world, and it literally just takes somebody rear-ending you at a red light, and they could kill you. And so that was when, for us. And then I just, this little dual sport I was just telling you about, I just bought that, like, a month ago, and that's the first thing I've had in a long time. I want, like, I just want, like, a little 250. That's what this is. Like, little 250 dual sport. On, yeah, you know, little Yamaha. Have, you know, by where we live, we have a lot of gravel roads still. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun little bike, man. And I just whip whipping some wheelies and stuff just yeah. riding down some back roads yeah, yeah it's, i uh i hadn't rode in 10 years yeah. i hadn't rode a motorcycle in 10 years and i bought this uh little dual sport in uh, arkansas 
And I had to ride that little 250 like on a three-hour ride oh home my. from Arkansas. Oh, man. And uh, I wore tennis shoes. I didn't bring my riding gloves. So the vibration was just gnarly. I forgot, you know, like basically everything about riding a bike. And uh, when I sold my motorcycle, I sold the helmet with it. So all I had was Brandy's pink motorcycle helmet. She was like this big-ass dude, six foot five, riding a 250 Yamaha down the roads from Arkansas to Missouri. And it was it was miserable, man. I, I, the last 30 minutes of that drive, I felt like I was being tortured. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to get there. So I used to never, even even though they had the helmet law, you know, I, I never wore one. And when I got back... That was I had promised her I'd wear a helmet. Yeah. Um, so I got a nice full face. That's what I was I like. Work. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna hate this thing. I actually like like I yeah. like it. Yeah. Like now if I'm just riding into town, yeah, I don't want to put it on. Like, yeah. But on long on long trips, I'm like, man, is I, it, I haven't is taken it? a single bug to the face. Yeah. And we're we're planning a long trip. We want to ride. Yeah. So Adam, if you're listening to this, we want to ride like five or six days through Colorado. Just spend in Colorado next summer riding all through the mountains every and uh, so we're going to get the little like bluetooth pieces we can put in our helmets we and talk those. to each other yeah. um, like two way radio basically you know I might put her I got to find out if I can just put her on silent for a while <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a mute button though. yeah um <laughs> you know and that's like that's going to be so we try and take like one adventure trip during the summer and in one couple of days on the beach somewhere just relax like yeah. no just relax no doesn't, doesn't matter if we do anything but lay out on the beach all day but yeah. you know that that adventure trip like that's you know this for, for this past year was moab yeah so now it's going to be colorado and we'll do it all now and get and, it out of the way because as soon as we, you got kids <laughs> No, and, and and that's another people can't throw stop. Them on the bike. People stop. Well, you can't so throw them on the bike though. So you gotta like you gotta adjust. Like I'll get a sidecar. No, um, <laughs> that's a couple of slingshots. I, I would have. I would honestly. I'd have no problem um, getting this like badass minivan and yeah, we're, yeah. Go, we're, we're the going Jeep, Colorado. Yeah. You know, we're going yeah. like people just stop. Like my yeah. my mom was. You know, she's she's where I got my work ethic from. She worked for MoDOT out on the highways for years. Burning up. Years. She taught me how to weld when I was in seventh grade. Yeah. My mom, my mom did. Wild. Because she was work, 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 work. And never, never took, never took a vacation. Never. Yeah. And when I took her out to white, to Colorado, whitewater rafting in like 2018. And, you know, she, you could tell she loved it. And she was just talking about how she wished she would have done that she's what what we were talking about earlier man that old school mentality and and it's like you know people just like live life a little bit like listen i work from august through may yeah i work my butt off now do we like we'll go to bikes and blues in a couple weeks you know for for a little weekend that's in arkansas yeah and and it's in rogers this year Mm -hmm. um and you know we'll do bike night here and there but when it's time to work we work yeah but we make, you know, we're fortunate enough. We get the summer. Yeah. But we also, like, you know, we don't get two weeks vacation time because we have summer. That's so cool, man, that you're both on so, that schedule. So she that. she has to do summer school. So she, you know, she works most of June. But we get all of July. Yeah. And, I, I, like, my, I mean, my dream, like, I mean, with diesel prices, we're not doing it because we work in public school system. I'd love to convert a school bus and just spend the whole month of July on the road. 
the box truck, on man. The road. Box Some, truck's the way to go. Something, just something. The we we looked at so many different options when we did this box truck build, and yeah. uh, the schoolie's just not. I don't know how tall you are, but the schoolie, man, it's like. I'd, I, I, my head would rub. Yeah, the schoolie's like six rub. foot in the center, yep. which means all the edges are sloped down. So it's it was just man, I just bent over and. But now the box, and see, that's kind of my thought was like the van life thing is so cool to me, right? Like yeah. I would love nothing more than be able to get our kids and me and Brandy and just hop in that thing and just hit the road. And we just did that when we went to Wyoming and everything. But um, we were too big for a van life. Yeah. So I'm like, well, what's the next best thing? Well, let's build a box truck into like a van life rig. And we did, man. That's and, awesome. And yeah, when we hop in that thing, we uh, – and I like it so much more than our motorhome. We have that big motorhome. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, it's like a 34-foot motorhome with bunk beds, and we have our own bedroom and all this. But you can't just hop in and hit the road. Like, it's yeah. such a big production to take that thing around, fill and empty your tanks, and then um, if you go down a dead-end road, you're screwed, you know. So now with this box truck, we can just get in it, hit the road, park in normal parking go. spots. Yep. When we're ready, when we get tired, we just pull over to Walmart, man, kick the generator on, fire the air conditioner out, and we go to sleep. And so, man, that lifestyle is really appealing to me. I mean, but I used to, you know, the, the military side of me. I used to everything had to be planned out, planned yeah. out to a T. And and now when you're on a bike, you do kind of have to plan, plan a little bit because you can't just stop. Yeah. Um, now I've I've packed up my backpacking tent sleeping bag and now wherever i get tired yeah i'm gonna find a place to go to bed but gosh dang more more people if they just get in the car and go yeah take a friend take your spouse take family member just go yeah just go somewhere don't yeah now you'll find a motel room you'll find somewhere to stay just go i'm spontaneous man we just hit the road that's and hit oh sydney she's she's learning like She's seeing the benefit of it. It still stresses her out a little bit. And not pl- to not plan. But yeah, yeah. Um, I ain't planning. You know, but it's just like let's just let's just go, let's just go, and it it does like it does my mental health good. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's good, I, it's good to like get during, away, man. During the summer, I I love my students. I love them. Yeah, I do. And I hope they're all having fun over summer. But like, I need that reset away for sure. You know, and that's why we try and do one like. Moab was so fun. Yeah. But I was worn out at the end of that week. Ready to go home. Drove a thousand miles there, wheeled hard. Yeah. All we had, we fought breakdown after breakdown. Yeah. Not, not so much mine, other Jeeps. And then we drove a thousand miles home <laughs> and we're worn out. So yeah. it's like, you know, we got to do a little like, a little couple day beach, you know. Yeah. Wind down. Like where we just lay there. Yeah. No stress. Take a book. I can, you know, I can read a book. I don't need. I don't. Yeah. I don't need to be like, oh, I'm a man. I'm going for a run on the beach. You know, like, <laughs> no, I can read. A, I can. I can sit there and read a book. Run anywhere. You know, I can. So it's like we've we've learned and and we try and, you know, we stay at mom and pop motels that are way cheaper. Oh uh, yeah, than than like chains. You know, so we've like we figure out how to cut costs to make them not that expensive. Like, um, and they work and it works good and that reset. Yeah, it's what we got to have during summer. Yeah, I'm trying to think back when I was working, um, I would come home man a Friday evening, and be like, Brandy, let's go to Florida, and we don't fly anywhere; we drive everywhere. So I would come home a Friday evening, get home, get packed up. I'd get home probably after six, and uh, and we would pack up and drive to like we went to Cocoa Beach one time, and I remember we we left at like eight o'clock, drove straight through. 
got to Cocoa Beach floor at like 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning. Just kept getting it, man. Yeah. And uh, those are the kind of trips to me. That it's like, obviously, it's memorable because it's the one I'm talking about. But it's like, uh, I don't know, you're only, you only live once, man. Right. And, uh, it, you know, and, and I mean, I know, like, you can't, you can't think negative. It could end on the way home. Yeah. It could end tomorrow. Yeah. It could end 50 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just enjoy it. I Live it to the fullest. I tell all my kids on Friday before they walk out of the door, go make a memory this weekend. Yep. It doesn't have to be anything, you know. Go do something you're not going to forget. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people fail to do that. It's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's been cool. Like, you know, we talk about, there's a lot of things in that Jeep, the Jeep. Yeah. You know, crowd and 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 I, I love I love I, my favorite thing about s'more is seeing people who've never been there before yeah and yeah. then when they do when you when you guide them on something they think they can't do that is pretty cool man the smile on their yeah. face um I took a I took a kid up the hard side I don't remember was is the hard side of something he's like seven or eight years old we harnessed him in my jeep we went up the hard side of this and like I'm, a five or like a six like a five, five 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 um and i missed the line and went, we went up a tree uh-huh. and, we're, and we're staring at the sky uh-huh. and he just looks over you know and he gives me this look like <laughs> and i'm like i'm like hey we just drove up a tree uh-huh. you know and he's just like oh my gosh but the look like the and, the and everybody got it on video yeah. um sent it to his mom <laughs> you know, so like so like just the the look on his face i won't i won't ever forget that and i know he's not ever gonna forget that um and it's just imagine like, how many like times I'm, he's probably told that story right yeah like yeah there we were i was in this monster you know him is probably a monster truck you know yeah um but like i love i love seeing new people yeah do that it's one of my favorite things yeah. and i love I love it when I get to teach. That's the teacher in me. It you know, is, when I, get man. To, when I get to teach them, hey, I'm going to spot you. That's how you need to, you know, do this. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said about that. There's something about, um, and I think everybody can, like, like aspires to teach somebody something. And and kids really help you a lot with that because it's like you got to kind of pass down everything you know to them. Yeah. So. And they, you know, and, and kids are ornery. They are. Mm-hmm. That's what makes them great. Mm-hmm. The, what makes them, you know, the greatest, they're – Kids are innocent. They're pure, man. Yeah. They're innocent, and yeah. they um, they want to learn. Yeah, they want to learn. You know, I I hate bringing it back to things that are negative about stuff, but it's like that's to me that's like like what we just talked about: kids being innocent, pure. Like a kid isn't born racist. You know, a kid's not born no. uh, thinking things that we think. That's corruption in our society that makes people think the way that they do. So. Like all this indoctrination of kids and cartoons and on TV and all this crazy stuff, like they don't think that way. Yeah, they don't. They're not thinking negatively about people naturally. All this, their their racism and this gender stuff and this gay stuff and all this stuff is is uh, what we as a society are putting in their heads. If everybody would leave all that alone and just let kids be kids and kind of make up their own minds about things that they want to do, there wouldn't be all this division. So here, here's the beauty. Here's the beauty of social studies. It's a reading-based class. So when I, what, what my main job is, yeah, I'm teaching them social studies in sixth grade, but my main job is to teach them how to pull information like out of their book. 
you know, like how to how to do their own research. That's what I get to do. So I get to teach them social studies, but I get to teach them how to start finding the information themselves. Sure. They will never know where I stand politically. Never. It's not it's not their business as yeah. it should be. They shouldn't. Yeah. They're, they're twelve years old. Yeah. But what I get to do, teach them to do, not on not so much on like, you know, these political topics, whether you like Trump, whether you don't like Trump. I don't I got to teach them how to think for themselves. I got to teach them how to do research and hopefully they will carry that on. Yeah. You know, then they get to think for themselves, like whether it be, you know, Hey, Fox news said that, man, that's not right. I'm, you know, I've done research. Hey, CNN says this. And it's like, man, that's not right. I'm, you know, I don't have to find like the truth in this. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping like just to get them to think for themselves. You know, what's muckied that water up so much. It's, it's not that what you're saying or what you're doing or or what you're thinking is political. It's the fact that common sense and normal things have been politicized. Yep. And you can't even think, um, you know, for instance, like hunting. You know, and I'm just throwing this out there, but if you talk to your kids about hunting, well, you're automatically some kind of Trump-supporting conservative because you have a firearm and you're going to kill an innocent animal. When hunting is so primitive and goes back to you know ancestors and cavemen that create you know that started all this so so that and and this is where it's funny the same people who think you know oh if you're out there shooting deer you got to have your maga hat on Mm. are the same ones who are against you know commercialized farming Mm -hmm. how are you gonna get your meat then they wouldn't eat meat they'll just eat soybeans so it's like so what what do you want you know we're not oh well, where are you going to get to? You, you don't grow your own, so obviously you do support commercialized farming, right? Like, No, I, I, think, it, they're, it's just, I think they're all so caught up in their talking points. Yeah. They're just almost like a bobblehead for, for whatever and, that side talks about. Any, anybody, like anybody can think they sound like a genius behind a keyboard. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. You know. Or they just don't care what they sound like because nobody's going to call them on it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, e- it's easy to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I just hope. Like, my goal is, I hope at the end of the nine months I get with them, they've learned something every day from me. They learn how to think for themselves. Yeah, that is my. Well, the, is my they're goal. gonna remember you <laughs> because. Oh yeah. Because you're not the normal seventh and eighth grade teacher, and and thirty years from now or twenty years from now, they're gonna be talking about you. And I, I hope like. You know, and, and it's, I don't need the, how do I say this here without like sound like a douchebag? I don't need the gratification. Don't want it. Mm-hmm. I just hope like one of them is successful someday. And, and you know, they're like, it's because of what I learned in that class. Yeah, like, I yeah. hope, I hope, you know, like I don't, you know, I don't. I think everybody wants a good legacy. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to see any of them fail. And I just hope some of their success is, is because of, I was able to teach them seriously for my fuck ups. Yeah, I had a lot. I've had, I've had a lot of them in life to get me to here. Um, the sad thing is, is most people don't learn until they fuck up, and and it's yeah. sad. Um, we all we yeah. like to learn the hard way. Yeah, yeah. Most people do, and, and that, some and people. You, th- you think that's like a pride thing? But maybe sometimes. But s- yeah, some people don't learn from that. It t- yeah. If I'm there's right. one thing in my life, and it's not that I don't fuck up, it's that I pretty much always learn my lesson from my fuck up, 
and don't do that same fuck up again. He's, he used to take me a few times and now. Yeah. I'm one and done, man. I screw up once, then I remember that forever. And that's yeah. probably one of the things that's gotten me ahead in life is just yeah. because I see people that are 60 years old still doing the shit they were doing when they were 20. Same thing they know that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they just keep ma- It's like a circle. It's just keep making the same mistakes over and over. It's, it's sad, man. But and it, and it's it's a you know it's a it's a cool feeling. And well, listen, once again, it's double edged sword. But I've you know I've I've subbed in a district for several years. I work in and it's really cool. You know, I spent some time in the high school and these kids who have graduated. They're they're successful. They're doing well, and it it hurts seeing the ones that aren't, the ones that are struggling, the ones that, you know, are, they're just not cutting it. You know, yeah. they're they're messing up. They're not learning from their mistakes. Yeah. And it, it hurts. Yeah, I think a lot of it's going to be obviously like there's curriculum stuff, you know, that kids need to be learning. Oh, yeah. Like your guideline, you probably have a, st- a pretty strict set of guidelines of kind of what you have to cover. Yeah, I've got, I've got, so I've got standards I've got to cover. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sure that one of the things that, you know, whoever puts that together for you, they weren't thinking that you were going to teach them about video editing or camera work or any kind of photography. Yeah, right. Like, I'm so glad I get that elective to teach. Yeah, like man. That's, there's a lot of them pretty. So I'll do that, for, you know, after Christmas until May. And, and there, this will be my first year doing it. And I can't think of anything that's more important that you could learn in a social studies class. I mean, other than, I mean, that's, well, a, I that's mean, a life it's skill. Just, it's just my elective. So, like, they got to pick it. The ones who are interested got to pick that. How many picked it? And Curious. It's a massive class. Yeah. It's a massive. So, um, so my average history classes are twenty. Yeah, you know, I just mean percentage wise. I got I got twenty four kids in this. Wow, it's max. It's full. Wow. Um, I wish they would have capped it a little smaller. Yeah. Um, you know, it's me. I've got two GoPros, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get on marketplace, you know, and that's me. I'm footing the bill for that. Yeah. Um, oh, dude, I probably got some stuff. To, we got so much crap. Reach out to me when you. So if you got any old ones, you know. Oh yeah, I got. Um, we've got probably ten GoPros. And then the the cool thing is we video. They they have designed their video editing for the school, so like, it's got normal editing, but then they have like green screens, and they've got special features where like if a kid wants to go film a baseball game, then we can do a highlight reel. Um, so they're going to get more than just editing. We're going to, you know, maybe make, maybe do our own little newscast. That'd be cool. Uh, for the school or something. Our school had one of those. Like what, you know, what happened in school? You know, we had volleyball, baseball, you know, all this happened. Yeah. Um, so they're pretty excited about it. That would be cool. Um, and, and it's going to be. It's going to be good for me because I'm going to get better at it. <laughs> that probably teaches us. Yeah, they probably it, will. It won't take long with them using yeah. their equipment to teach you things about yeah. it. It's, it's, uh, it's weird the how youth kind of gets that way. And I'm pretty, um, you know, I kind of stay on the up with electronics, and I've always kind of been an electronic geek anyway. But it's crazy some of the stuff these kids pick up. Their son probably teaches you stuff. That's I, man, maybe on some video games. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as like uh, you know, all this crap goes and software and and uh, you he's, know, he's still learning. Yeah, he's learning. learning yeah. We built um, we built his computer and my computer, and because uh, when I was his age, I was like, man, I was so deep in that stuff. Like I was, I was really poor. I was poor growing up, and um, I we found have- I found a computer in the trash on the way home from school one time. It was an old HP. <laughs> it was like one of the first things that you know you could get back then and and i drug that thing home and 
pulled it apart and re-put it together enough times until I finally kind of figured out some things with it and got this thing working. And then I had this computer, and I was like this poor kid that had a computer. I mean, it was an old piece of crap. But So that was really whenever I started kind of falling in love with computer components. And then I just, instead of buying computers, I feel, realized how much cheaper it is to build them. So I'm like building my own computers as I go. But And then, you know, as he's gotten older, he's kind of gotten into video games, and so you know, every once in a while, I'll play some video games with him. Yeah, but and that's that, they—that's kind of cool. They made fun of me last year because I've heard <laughs> of it, but I never knew what Fortnite was. Oh yeah, we played the you crap know, out of Fortnite. So when I'm like, so finally I asked him, like, what is it? Yeah, man, they made fun of me. Yeah, man, it's a, like the Fortnite really changed the game for like e esports, man. Like. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. I we actually Connor and I've played like in competitive tournaments on there. And, was and there was there one called was it called RuneScape? Yeah, there's RuneScape. So, I never played anything like so that. It's like a strategic game. We so that was like I maybe was in like a senior in high school or something. You know, 2008. So, something took off, and we still had dial up internet at home, yeah. and I just never. I never got into it. Like me and my brother were fortunate enough, you know, we we grew up on forty acres, so we just lived outside. Yeah. We knew every inch of that land. And that was just kind of became our our passion and never got into it. Like if I go to somebody's house and they're playing, you know, Madden or Call of Duty, I'll Yeah. I'll play with it. But yeah. I don't play a little arcade. I don't, I, I don't spend money on it. Yeah. Yeah. I just bows are expensive. Harley parts are expensive. Jeep parts are expensive. I, mm, got enough yeah, toys to, yeah. to look after. Yeah. yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think video games kind of fill a void for us in the winter. Yeah. You know, when it's snowing outside or you can't get outside or it gets dark so freaking early. It's like, okay, let's go inside and play a game or two of Fortnite. I hate it when it gets dark at 6 o'clock. We do, too. We do, too. And it gets it. bright so early. It's such a waste. I hate it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, we do, too, man. You're driving home in the dark, and you know, or I don't know. You guys get out a little bit well, earlier, but you no. Know, if I stay after to grade papers or something, yeah, like it's dark. Yeah, five thirty, and I'm like, oh my gosh, the sunset! Like it's yeah. You know, my twelve minute drive home is gonna be dark by the time we get yeah, home. Yeah, and you can't get anything done at home. Yeah, you know, I I usually always spend a, you know an hour or two outside, or I used to whenever I was coming home from work uh, in the summertime, I'd go out and spend some time in the yard mowing and weed eating and all that kind of stuff. But in the winter, you're you're out of daylight. Right, and you're like ready for bed at eight o'clock yeah, or something. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Well, that's the other thing too, man. We've always been like night owls. So even now we don't go to bed till after midnight every night. No. Yeah. See, we're we get up at like four forty to go Brand, to the gym every morning. Brandy gets up at five fifteen or something. So she's only getting like, you know, we are five, five and a half hours of sleep. We're old at heart. Yeah. We could we can I mean, me and generally nine o'clock. Cindy can be in bed at eight thirty and not think twice about it yeah yeah i just can't do it man i just i don't know there's there's times where i'm so tired like i just crash and i'll just fall asleep on the couch or something yeah. like com purely accidental but but yeah i don't know something about it man i just don't even think yeah. about it and, and i'm usually good on like six hours yeah six hours of sleep i'm i'm ready to roll if i get eight i'm kind of droggy yeah it's too yeah. much it's yeah. too much That's for me like for me it is i know a lot of people they require that or they're cranky but yeah like I don't know, nine or ten. We get up four forty. Um, get the coffee going. Yeah, I, I drink coffee at the gym. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just like coffee. Huh? I drink a lot. Brandy of drinks it. a lot of coffee, yeah. like a pot a day, probably. Yeah, we yeah. we do. Big and pot. she just drinks black. 
black coffee, probably a pot a day. I used to. I yeah. used to. And you know what? I discovered that French vanilla creamer. <laughs> I got this frother I stick in there and make it whip up. Yeah. And, so yeah. I think the thing for it's her good. was, was uh, calories for her. And then it's like she just like she's like, okay, if I drink it plain, I can drink a lot of that's it. Why, that's why we go to the gym. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, uh, you know, if I drink a lot of it, I can drink it plain. And... Uh, and then I think she just kind of grew a taste for it because she yeah. got used to drinking it that way. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't blame her. I used to. Yeah, not yeah, me. I can't I do like, it, man. I like my creamer. I like iced coffee with a lot of crap in it, and uh, oh, man. and I'm sure it's horrible. Yeah. But um, I I just recently quit drinking oat milk in there because somebody was telling Brandy. I think it was my sister was telling her that oat milk is something. That oat milk is bad for yeah. your for your GI system or your you know your but your guts. But I googled it, and Google says no, it's good for it's you. It's probably good for <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, but they, you know, they're kind of on the up and ups with all that health stuff. So I'm gonna give it a shot. You know, I'm not like I said, I'm not closed minded, man. So I used to pound energy drinks. Oh, dude, I I have a heart thing. Like I don't know what it is, but I drank a Red Bull the other day, and I kid you not, I was having like spike pains in my chest for two hours. Yeah, I mean, and like it'd be. Red Bulls do that to me every I time. Drink, I can drink the uh, the white sugar free monsters. I can drink two or three of them in a day, and yeah, whatever. Like drink it casually, like a soda. That's weird, man. It's weird. Like I, I literally, I hadn't had that pain in my chest like that since I built when we were building my house. Yeah. And when we were building my house, I was drinking Red Bull to keep energy up. Something in Red Bull, man, makes my heart something it's in there. It's it's weird. Gotta man. stay away from it. Yeah, I'll never drink one again. Well, After this last one, and I, I, I figured out that the Red Bull was triggering whatever that is, I'm done. I'll well, never drink I, one. I, I stay away from them now. Like, that's, I mean, I love them, but they have, there's so many things on that can I can't pronounce. Yeah. And you just tell it's chemical. So well, I stay away from them. Yeah. What ended up, what kind of being a light for me is I, I looked one up. Um, I started looking up everything that was on the back of that can. And one of the things that was on the can is some kind of chemical, and I did a search for it, and it says that it narrows artery pathways. I'm like, what the? Who in the fuck would put this in their body? And then I'm thinking that maybe maybe I've already got a narrow pathway right. in my heart, and that thing's narrowing it even more, and that's where these spike pains are coming from. But my heart rate would get up because uh, I got an Apple Watch, so I'm sitting there checking it. And uh, I'd have these spike pains, and my heart rate would spike up to, like, 114 while I'm sitting there. And then it would just drop back down to 70. Just, just from? From the Red Bull. Oh, my. Cool. Yeah. Just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird, man. And and I, f- I figured this out, like, um, I think it was about a month ago. I drank one just kind of in passing. And I didn't think anything of it. Like, I drank the Red Bull, and I'm out there working on that box truck. And I'm like, ah, man, what is that? I got this really sharp pain in my chest. So I kind of went on a little, I always pace when I'm in pain. Yeah. So I started pacing around a little bit, and it went away. And then, boom, another one hit me. I'm like, ah. And that's when I started doing a little research. And, I, and I'm like, you know what? I used to have these same chest pains when I was building a house. And then I started thinking about it. I was drinking Red Bulls when I was building that damn house to keep me awake. That's sure as shit, man. I haven't had one since. But that same time, um, that same time that I was, I drank that Red Bull about a month ago, and I had that. I lost vision in my left eye. Ooh. Yeah. For like 10 seconds. Getting ready to have a stroke or some shit. That's what it felt like, man. Yeah. Uh, I, we, 
I laughed about something. My brother was down, the one that bought my Jeep from me. And I told him, I said, I'm going to have to go in the house and just chill out for a little bit because that Red Bull is giving me chest pain. And we were in the house, and we were, I was just sitting on the couch kind of trying to relax. And and uh, he said something, or we were watched. I think we watched a little clip from that new Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> and I got to laughing about it, and boom, went blind in my left eye. It was like a, this white thing just, boom, hit me, and everything was like really uh, – washed out you know yeah. like somebody cranked the exposure up on my left eye and uh, i haven't had anything like that since i didn't since i since that day well and you know this is i mean it's on a larger scale of that but talk about like you were talking earlier about useful things in school yeah you don't take a nutrition class not one that's going to tell you not you to know, drink you something they're making a well, ton of money I mean, off you just of. don't take yeah, exactly yeah exactly yeah. so it's like well, money runs our country yes. man I mean, I, I'm not a soda drinker, really. Um, I like soda. But, my God, that's about one of the worst things. You know, aside from, like, energy drinks, that's probably one of the other worst things you can put in your body. And these companies are just making money hand over fist on it, so it doesn't matter. And and at the end of the day, people care, but they don't. Yeah. You know, like well, they uh, care enough to say it publicly and throw a little bit of, you know, expendable change at it. But if it comes down to shutting your business and losing your entire income, they don't care that much. I think that's why a yeah. lot of a lot of medical stuff doesn't get treated. Yeah. Like like I honestly think, man, there's cures for stuff. You know there is. There's cures you for stuff. And I don't want to get off on a too much of a tangent and sound like a conspiracy theorist, but this this country is too money motivated to give up the treatments. Because of a cure. Cures don't make yeah. money. Cures don't make money. It's one and done. You cure something, that's it. There's no more recurring revenue after that. You get recurring revenue with these treatments. They don't really cure anything anymore. Have you noticed right. that? You go to the doctor, they it's, don't really cure anything. It just helps. Yeah. They, helps. Yeah. I mean, well, they, they treat you. And like, the, f- the first, you know, and I, I mean, I'm like, I'm glad they did. Uh, you know, but like I went to the ER just in pain on my stomach. Yeah. Oh, morphine. Let's just make you feel better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feel better, and and he, here's their favorite thing. Their favorite thing is prescriptions because what a yeah. prescription. Have you here's it's kind of funny because prescription sounds like subscription, and that's exactly what it is. Yeah. You're subscribing to whatever they have to give you for as long as they want to give it to you. Well, what does that mean? That means money in the bank every month, man. So it's just like the the business plan that these companies are want you to be on. Everybody wants you to be on a subscription plan now. Right. Like you can go on Amazon and buy whatever you want, and you pay a company per month or per two weeks, however you want to set it up, to buy something you can't afford. Oh, well, you know, right. there's these companies that'll, you know what I'm talking about, right? Well, then, I mean, not, it's probably a tangent we don't want to go down, but how many boosters are we going to keep needing? <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They gotcha. They, yeah. They, say, they say you need it, mm. and people will be lined up to do it. Yeah, it's weird. With no, with no, you will put whatever's in your body without even researching it. COVID really yeah. showed yeah. me how sheepish yeah. our society really is. It, I remember th- being so disappointed in our society with all the mask stuff, and then that was pre pre uh, uh, vaccination, right? So when vaccine rolled around, and people like couldn't wait to get jabbed on something that's really kind of probably experimental. And There's no long-term and, testing on that yet. And how many how many years? 
how many years do they does Pfizer get to keep like the record sealed on this mm. before um, it's like twenty five years I think and that some some crazy number like that where they don't have to show any stats on it no stats no evidence of nothing yeah. for, like for twenty five years I was shocked to hear that basically when you sign the paperwork to get vaccinated you basically give up all rights yep. to sue the companies yeah there yeah. It's not something I'm gonna put in my body. I'll tell you that. You, if you can't back your product for something you want me to inject in my body, exactly. I don't want no part of it. But I mean, how could they? They haven't had near enough time to test it. Yeah, the, the people that have the shot are the testers. And that's and that's what. Instead of people realizing like this, why this is the best country on the face of the planet is you know we have freedoms. I don't want it. I don't. I don't want to get injected. If you want to, hey, that's cool. Yeah. Like I think that's cool that you want to. You, so you should probably think it's cool that I don't want to. Uh, you know why they can't? Because they have been brainwashed yeah. into thinking that if you don't, you're endangering somebody's life. Yep. And I'm so tired of this nonsense about if you don't do this, you don't care about your fellow American or your fellow human being. I'm so tired of that same old song, man. But it's literally, it's like that with everything. You don't care about climate change? Well, you don't care about our kids. Yeah. You don't care about getting vaccinated? Well, you don't care about your neighbors. It, you know, it, when you're painted out to be a villain in every decision you make, that's whenever you're on the brinks of a war. Man. Right. And, and they literally, they try to paint you to be a villain in everything that you disagree every, with. Everything. Everything. Yeah. But, to, you know, to, to kind of get back to the point that I was making, it's like, do you know a lot of people on thyroid medicine? Thyroid medicine is one of the most highly prescripted things um, in America. And once you're on it, you can't ever get off of it because your thyroid quits working properly. Yep. So instead of fixing a faulty thyroid that maybe make you a little sleepy every once in a while, they just put you on this uh, medication that basically takes over for your thyroid. So when you get on this medicine, your thyroid just quits working. And every, every month. Yep, yep. Every month you gotta have that thyroid medicine. Not to mention what happens whenever they quit giving you thyroid medicine. The whole country just falls asleep. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what happens then. But right, thyroid medicine is something that I would it, steer clear of. It's a big. I don't know. Big pharma scary. Yeah. Big pharma is it's scary. They run. They run a lot of this country. Yeah. Well, you know, Missouri's highest revenue in company is pharmaceuticals. I believe it. There's a lot oh, of companies man. that are known for a lot of things. I think California is Apple, Even, and there's these other or, or, and a lot of different states. You know, I, honestly, I do find that kind of surprising because we're like a trucking mecca, yeah. you yeah. know, prime CFI. Missouri's like, highest gross in business is, is pharmaceuticals. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, California's Apple. Uh, there was a bunch of weird ones out there. Nike's yeah. in one of them, and all these other states have these other big things. And we're pharmaceuticals. pharmaceuticals. Yeah, it's wild. That man. is crazy. Yeah, yeah, and I bet you Branson area right in right in here is a big, you know, like a station for it because it's a lot of older retired right, people. That's right. Yeah, they just make them here. Yeah, they don't ship them very far. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. the The whole pharmaceutical thing and medical field is all just so weird. It's uh, to me everything's just gotten so corrupted with with money. Yeah, it's it's scary because because used to like people just wanted to do good and they wanted to help their fellow person out. I don't think it's that way anymore, man. I mean, very rarely will you run into somebody that actually cares. Like, and usually it's a small town doctor, and sometimes they're just ignorant. But sometimes they're like, "You don't need medicine for this. This is what's going on with you." And you're like, "Oh man, thank you." Or yeah. you know, or it was, "Hey, uh, you know, you do know like a three dollar bottle of ibuprofen. Take one or two of them. You'll be all right." Yeah, yeah. You know, they're not uh, all corrupt with the prescribe this and prescribe that. And 
They didn't. I, th- I they think didn't it buy should. in the kickbacks. Yeah. Whatever. And yeah, I mean that's that, to me that should be illegal. You shouldn't be able to get bonus based on prescriptions that you're signing or whatever because you should be prescribing yeah. what they need. You know, you know how many things my mom fixed with a turtleneck and some Vicks vapor rub. Yeah. Like, it didn't matter how <laughs> sick you were. She make you put that turtleneck on, rub Vicks on you. What's that movie? Uh, it's sweated out. It's an old movie. Uh, Michael J. Fox starred as a doctor, and it's, I think it's called Doc Hollywood. Have yeah. you seen that? Oh, oh my know. gosh, man. He goes to this, uh, he's like a big city doctor and uh, like a heart surgeon or something, something crazy. And he he crashes his car into this fence in a, in a small town or something. And uh, instead of paying for it, he's like, I can pay you. I can do any amount of money and this and that. Well, the guy's fence that he hit was the judge, local judge. Judge says, no, I don't want your money. But we need a doctor right now, so he makes him stay there and be a doctor. Um, I don't remember how long, but anyway, he ends up the the doctor that's already there is getting old and retiring, but he's trying to do all these medical procedures and surgeries and prescription medicine and all this, and he's got this kid that's coming in. He's going to do like open heart surgery on him, and I don't remember. The doctor says it's some kind of condition and gives him a can of Coke, and it like cures him. Uh, but anyway, long story short, he gets out of the big city and does this whole thing. But it's just crazy to see the difference. I mean, it's just a movie, but it's crazy to see the difference in like the mentality of a city doctor versus a, you know, a small town person that would just you know. well, you know, like, and this isn't even really city, and it's definitely small town. But I, I mean, it's not really city. I, I sat at the ER Saturday for six hours in Springfield. I watched him take crackhead after crackhead back. I sat there, <clears throat> went to Aurora, ER there, in in a room in five minutes, and that doctor mm. was, he was top-notch. He, like, he, you could just tell he gave a shit. You mean here you sat, in, or in Springfield? In Springfield's yeah. ER. Six Springfield's getting wa- big, man. They watched Crackhead after Crackhead, like, just going back, you know. And and they are, I mean, and then finally, uh, you know, I was like, ah, we're, we're going to try somewhere else, and, you know, small town, yeah, small town. They're not packed, but they got us right in. And that doctor, he was he was concerned. Like he's, you know, I've got this history, all the stomach stuff, and he, the care was top notch. He was this late in the evening. By the time we got to, <clears throat> by the time we got to Aurora, it was eleven o'clock at night. Wow! So we were the only ones there. Like yeah. that's it was. So awesome. You were in like some pain. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Mm. Um. Yeah, or else I wouldn't be at the ER. Yeah, like, I just I couldn't function. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just, it's, I don't know, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy how just, I mean, pharma, but medical in general. Yeah. Works. It is, man. It's, it's, uh, I don't know, scary. I don't know the solution. There's a lot of issues out there, and I can find the issues, but I don't know the solution. So right. nobody um, wants to be the guy bringing all the issues to the table and not offering solutions. Right. There's some things where I'm thinking, well, here's a solution, but, there's too much money involved for them to be interested in that solution. So, but no, I, I don't know, man, that's a tough, a tough uh, cookie to crack there. Yeah. Tough nut to crack, I guess. I but know. I don't know. Yeah, we're, it never will be cracked now. Yeah. Well, there's too many people that lose, that have too much at stake exactly. to lose on it. And and it's sad that to, to think that the well being of people is trumped by, by finances. Of oh, others. yeah. Yeah, that's just the way it is. And our government's kind of in the bed in bed with, you know, uh, insurance companies and pharmaceutical companies and everything's paid for. But, yeah, well, I want 
you know, I want to kind of get, before we get too far along here, I mean, we're probably getting close to where we want to call this thing. I could probably <laughs> sit here and talk forever and ever, but I kind of want to go back. You mentioned something, um, <coughs> your time in the service, right? And you'd said something about um, a plane going down, right? Or, or a chopper maybe, right? Yeah. So, you know, and just as much as you want to talk about, but the only instance that I can think, so there was that um, there was that Mark Wahlberg movie where the chopper goes down. So that one was that was Lone Survivor. That was, you know, that was in like oh four oh five okay. Afghanistan. Okay. I, um, okay. So, yeah. So in two thousand eleven, extortion seventeen. Um, so like this was in July, and some of these guys. So this this was a bird carrying. Um, a lot of SEAL Team 6 guys. Um, so some of them were in on the Bin Laden raid that were on this bird. Wow. I mean, the Chinook. And crazy part is later I found out I knew, like, from before the military service, the gunner on that oh, man. on that bird. Um, met him a few times through mutual friends in Kansas City, just hanging out. And um, we we didn't know... You know, we didn't we didn't know who was on this bird or anything, and that was that was such a crazy night. Um, you know, they come in middle of the night. Hey, you know, empty empty your rucksacks, fill with body bags. And where were you at? So I mean, we were on our little outpost. Mm. They needed, you know, we were close to that area. It was it was right by us, and. Uh, you knew the tone, you know, it was just like, fuck. Yeah. What happened? You know, you, you knew it wasn't good. Um, and they, you know, they were, they're like, you know, you guys, you guys are close, go get them, you know, kind of thing. And, um, we ended up just pulling security and right, rightfully so another seal, a seal team, you know, their, their brothers came in and we're like, no, we're, we're going to get them. Hmm. And right. I mean, that was a hot area. So like, Rightfully so. That's what they were supposed to be doing. So we like, we flew out there and pulled security that night for them, and um, you know we just made a big, basically a big circle around them. You know, yeah. is, is what you do a patrol base around them, and um, had all of our machine guns and everything set up. But that was a, you know, that was like the largest. I think like, I don't know if that was that one or, or you know, um, Operation Red Wings. I don't know which one like. So the one with with Mur Murphy and like Marcus Latrobe, yeah. you know, um, this one might have beat that one for like the most seals lost. I don't know, but it was it was the SEAL Team Six guys, and that fuck that didn't happen. You know, they didn't they didn't. It was weird. You know, that whole night was weird. Like it. Uh, oh, was it an RPG that took the shot down? That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. And it's just it's just weird in the middle of the night. I don't know. The whole thing was weird. Is this... Uh, somebody was talking about this. But I, I can't remember who, and I can't remember why, but they were acting like there was some kind of goofy details around it or something. Um, but but they were saying... Somebody said something about SEAL Team 7. Is that a thing? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of different SEAL teams. Was um, this primarily a SEAL Team 7 helicopter? No, it was, a, it was, it oh. was SEAL Team 6. Okay, yeah. maybe something different. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of, I mean, that's a history lesson there. You know, they, 
like they were only I think I think when they made SEAL Team Six, they were there were only two teams. And then they made this elite group, like yeah. the best of the best of the SEALs. SEAL Team Six. One well, and two is already there. Well, why'd they do that? Yeah. Well the, that way the enemy would wonder where three and four was at. <laughs> there was no three and four. Five. Yeah. Four and five. But yeah. I some, they, I they just heard somebody that. talking about this the other day because yeah. uh, he was part of SEAL Team. I think it was uh, what's that guy's name? Um, he was a governor. He was in SEAL yep. Team One, I think. Um, Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I saw something on TV and I watched it with him, and he was talking shit about Chris Kyle or something. Yeah. And uh, man, that kind of ruffled me the wrong way. Yeah. But, um. But anyway, so there's something to, to kind of be said about that. But he was talking about being in, I can't remember if he was in SEAL Team 1 or 2, but he was talking about the same thing because after that came 6. And, you know, and they, like, I don't know. It was just an odd night. Yeah. Because them guys were the best of the best of the best. I mean, you know, up and up until up until Obama really mentioned them during the raid, most people didn't even know they existed. Mm. Um, you know, they were the best of the best of the SEALs. And, mm-hmm. um that was I don't know. That was a uh, that night just fucking made the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Yeah, yeah. I bet that's kind of a nerve wracking time too, because you know if they were just RPG'd out of the sky and now you're running security in that same area, where the hell are those guys at? Did they ever find the guys that shot them down? No. Ah, oh, you never know. You'll never yeah. know who it was. I mean, yeah. they even they might, if they didn't, they might say they did. Yeah, yeah. Weird, odd. That was an odd. Uh, it was odd, but like, you know, and and it was just so hard. You know, we were we were over there right there at the beginning of May when they got Bin Laden, and we needed that. Um, April twenty eighth, we lost our first guy, hmm. uh, Matt Hermison. And he he was I I knew him fairly well because he was my squad leader's best friend. Um, you know, so he was in our and you know we were shooting shit and everything and you know that's just how i knew him and um i remember you know came across the radio they, they you know first thing lost somebody and i just remember my squad they were like fuck i hope matt's okay yeah the guy he knew personally up anyway you know well yeah I mean, we, best all, friend. we all knew yeah. each other they were best friends and it yeah. was matt how old is he you know he was he was twenty two at the time. Yeah. Twenty two, twenty three, you know, and, and I remember I remember being fucking like nineteen and I'm thinking he's like, you know, this he's the old guy, yeah. you know, and he's yeah. you know, cause he was um, you know, he was an E five P so he they gave him a staff sergeant, you know. Um, but he was was he a team leader or a squad leader? And he you know, to us he was one of the senior guys. Like we were gonna listen to him, like Matt knew what he was talking about, you know. And then like now every year on my Facebook April 28th, his picture pops up. Yeah, that's rough, man. He's just a fucking kid. Yeah. You know, he looks like it now to me, and it's just yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. Yeah, he'll always be, yeah. be at that so, age to you. So then, you know, a couple of days later, you know, the, we got the, the Bin Laden news, and we celebrated for, you know, 10 minutes, and it's like, all right, we got to be on, you know, we're on high alert now. We don't know what they're going to try and do. If anything, they didn't. Um, but we needed that. We needed that. That kind of victory. Yeah. yeah. So, so when he was when he was killed over there, um, did they? 
you see this thing on TV that they do where um, they bring you all down in ranks and they do like roll call. Is that a thing? Yeah. And they yeah, do, we, yeah, we had a, that's sad. We had a ceremony and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, you know, at home, you're sad, but you're not going to show it there. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, at, pissed, you're pissed off and that's what you want to show. And like, then you're out, you know, then it's a, at the it's, ceremony, it's, no, just from the rest of the deployment. Oh. You know, there you, you know, you're. That's the only time you're sad. Yeah, yeah. You got a job to do. Yeah. So then it's like a a revenge thing. Like, hey, man, I'm gonna, use it. I don't give a fuck who we got to kill now. Let's, yeah. you know. Yeah, use it all, as fuel. All of them. Yeah. Let's kill them all. You know. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but that's the only, you know, that's the only time you're sad. Is yeah. then and then it's like okay we've, you know which. Yeah, we're sad, especially his guys, you know, who were with him every day on, on missions and patrols. And, you know, and, and I, just, I didn't know him from a, a work side so much as just getting shoot shit with him. Yeah, and back then, at base or whatever. You know, and then, so then it's just like, yeah, you're sad, but like, I don't know, this hatred fills your heart. Mm. Yeah, wanting revenge. Yeah. Like a human, human thing, needing revenge. Yeah. So, man, I don't know. So you see the loss. You see the loss. I, I think that a, a big thing that people always get to see is they see the loss of you on the U.S. side. Did Do you ever witness the loss on the other side and get to kind of experience that, like from the standpoint of being a fighter from the opposing side? Family, you know, family? Um, you know, it was it was loss all the way around. Mm. Um, it was a loss for both. You know, we we put thousands of men in the ground. You know, men and women in the ground that shouldn't have died over there. Um, I was listening to a podcast. Sean Ryan, Vigilance Elite. You know, and he had he had um, the founder the original founder of, of Blackwater. You know, the the contractors, I mean, they were kind of mercenaries, you know, but they were talking and they were basically saying how, you know, had we just let the Green Berets do their thing over there, it maybe would have lasted another six months to a year. That was it. Whereas then, these, you know, the, the big military, the, you know, the guys that weren't special operations, you know, wanted their, wanted their 10 minutes of fame, you know, and then it turned into, wait a second, these military contracts, millions, millions, and then it became about money, hmm. and it just, war became this big money machine. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I don't, you know, I, I know a lot of us feel like we don't regret what we did. Would we do it again knowing what we know? No. No, we didn't, you know, we didn't we didn't need to be there for 20 years. Like, we don't, we don't take anything away from us. But at the same time, like, some of us now do question why. You know, like, we, we fought our asses off. And that's what, and we were brainwashed, you know, going in the military. Like, people are like, oh, the government can't brainwash you. Bullshit. You know, we're singing cadences every day, you know, yeah, about killing, yeah. you know. Um, 
and and won't ever take this service away. But it's like, what were we really doing? Like you when when it, and the the way we pulled out by just leaving all that shit there. That's and and it, you know it questioned like, well, okay, why were we there then? Like that, you guys, that stings, man. Yeah. So it's like, why now? Now we need you guys that made the decision. Like you cost us our friends, our brothers, our sisters. Why were we there when you? When you guys can fuck up a pull out that bad. Yeah. I remember seeing seeing some footage from from there after we pulled out and it, and, or right when we were getting ready to pull out. And people were scared shitless about yeah. not having us there to protect them. And that's what we claim to be is this protection. And now you basically give it up when we've fought this long. I mean, you really kind of shit on a lot of people that have been over there and, and sacrificed so much, man. We were, you know, we were working with Afghan Army, Afghan National Police. Yeah, they all just folded up, right? Afghan ASG is what we call it, Afghan Security Guards. Like, we worked with all of them, and it's like, then literally just said, fuck you, we're out. Yeah, yeah, and they all just folded up and left shop, right? Got scared. Yeah. That's wild, man. So it's like everything that the U.S. government built and tried to work for there was gone in a matter of probably weeks. Something Not to mention all the, the equipment yeah. we left. I think it was uh, Biden was talking about the day, I don't know, a few days later that, well, yeah, we left this, but we disassembled this or we blew this up. And literally the next day, there's like a, one of our Blackhawks is flying around. Yeah, somebody's right. hanging from it by a rope. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, so, so not only did we lose that, we pulled away from that, but now we've left them all this equipment that they're just going to terrorize with. It, I don't know. You know, and, it, and looking back, like, I mean, I, there's five or six guys, you know, we talk weekly. Mm-hmm. We need it. We kind of didn't do that for several years. And um, then we just started. And uh, it's been, like, for all of us, our mental health. Like therapy, man. Yeah. You know, we just talk to somebody that's got the just, same experiences. We just chat, and that'll probably. Yeah. Um, we found, like, I found out, like, there's six or seven guys that all could be like a long weekend trip out to the East Coast. So I think like we're going to try and squeeze that in at some That'd point fun, next summer. Yeah. And just, I haven't seen those guys on the East Coast in, you know, probably 10 years mm. um, since when, yeah, since 12 or 13. So it's like, you know, nine, 10 years. So it's like we, and we're, as of now, knock on wood, we're still the only ones without kids. Um, you know, so, and, and, we have, you know, Sydney has a little Ford Focus that does great on gas. There it's you like, go, hey, man. We don't have to pay for lodging because they're all those crash here, crash yeah. here. Um, so I know knowing what I know now about reconnecting with the other guys and getting to see them, you know, we're gonna make it. We're gonna find a way to make it happen. Yeah, go out, drive out there, see them. It's good for all yeah, of us. That'd be fun anyway, man. Men, just get mental away. health, just to tell stories, see. You know, they're all doing successful out there. They're all doing great in their own way. Um, you know, and, and the one, I mean, the one that I always get is they, they fucking let you teach kids. You know, <laughs> I, I was a little wild back in the day, you know, uh-huh. wild. Um, but no, they, you know, just, I've, I think I'm the only one that's went down that path. Um, yeah, it's an odd, odd switch going, up, man. Going from that, um, yeah. I, you know, yeah, I mean, caught in the battlefield to the battlefield yeah <laughs> well just think back on your childhood did yeah. you ever have a teacher that was a veteran yeah my fifth grade teacher really? he, was, he was vietnam really yeah and i never 
He was the first male teacher I had, and I needed that. Yeah. I needed that. Was your dad around? No. No? No. Um, you know, my mom remarried. My stepdad, he was a long-haul truck driver back then, you know. Yeah. He'd be gone a month and home three days. Mm. And uh, so, like, I, yeah, I needed that. And he, you know, he knew I needed that. Like, we were, I, we were pretty poor growing up, you know. Yeah. Um, and just didn't get to do a lot. I don't want to say didn't get to do a lot. We did a lot of different things. And, like, you know, we weren't, we were the poor kids. We didn't get invited over to sleepovers or whatever you want to call them. You yeah. Know, we weren't, just wasn't us. I mean, I remember, you know, our weekends in the winter were stacking wood. Mm. That's what we did from a young age. Do you, how many siblings you got? So I got an older brother. Okay. And he's, well, he's three years older than me. So, I mean, we. We were it. We were what we had. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, Man, yeah. It's 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 uh it's weird when you're when you're a kid. That I mean, the things that your imagination can do and the things that you can do to a kid to keep you occupied and keep you having fun. The uh, you you would probably know this show Chips. Uh huh. You remember yeah. that show? The cops. Yeah. Yeah. The motorcycle cops. Yeah. You know? When we were little kids, I mean, we had bicycles. Yeah. And we would run like, around playing chips. Yeah, yeah. We always did cowboys and Indians, man. I was a, I liked westerns when I was a kid, but but yeah, man. We, we, we were the same way. Poor, yeah. didn't have no money, didn't have a dime to my name. We, you know, kids, kids, you know, the kids that had money were playing Nerf and playing uh, paintball and stuff like that. We were throwing sticks at each other because yeah. that's all we could you do. Know, and, and and you know, clothes. I mean, our, a lot of our clothes came from Salvation Army. Yeah, and I, you know what? I wouldn't have it any way, other way. Yeah. My mom, my mom worked her ass off, and and that she instilled that in me and my brother. It it makes you appreciate the, the finer things too. Like whenever you when you can afford to do things, or you can, you know, especially with us with provider. Like my kids are growing up completely different than I did. You know, like um, you know, we had these vouchers for Payless shoes, or we could get a free pair yeah. of shoes when we were a kid to go to school with, and I wore that pair of shoes all through school and. You know, so you know it was. It kind of drove me to better, and I for them. And then I see, you know, like we ne- we never did without. You know, my mom could take macaroni, tomato sauce, and sugar, yeah. and it was good. Yeah, you know, it was good. Yeah, and we had it. It was cheap. Yeah. And, you know, and and oh, it breaks my heart on Fridays. You know, there's kids you got to send food home with, or they won't eat over the weekend. Yeah, man. And it's just like. But you can relate too because we had this thing called poor man's casserole, just macaroni and cheese and potatoes and uh, hot dogs cut up in it. And that's what we did. I mean, and we were, if we got that, that was good because it, it, yeah. it had meat in it. Yeah. But man, we survived on stuff from like the food bank, like malt yeah. meal and crap like that. Oh man, some chocolate malt meal. Yeah, hey, that's what we right. did. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how many. How many boxes of tuna helper and hamburger helper we ate? <laughs> I don't even like tuna, but I remember thinking yeah. that was a treat just because yeah. it had meat in it. When right? I was yeah, a kid. like you're like, oh, what yeah. is this like fancy pasta? Yeah, yeah. Well, God, man. Well, this has been awesome. I'm so glad that yeah. you came on. And dude, Absolutely. I could sit here and talk forever and ever. And uh, we'll have to do it again. Absolutely. But, There's a lot more we can talk about. Yeah, for sure. And uh, let me know on the on the thing with your with your class. And if man, if, if I can help out, holler at me. I'm sure I'll need it. 
time, sir. I'll need it. <laughs> well, yeah. D- the cool thing is, after you get them started, they can teach you. And, yeah, because I mean, this is new for me, and honestly, it'll be, you know, in, in a perfect world, it's going to be, hey, look, here's the rules we got to follow. Yeah. But it's going to be kind of one of those. I'm going to give them some guidance, and I think a lot of it's going to be self-teaching, and then, um, you know, go from there and see yeah. where I need to intervene and and change things up if any. Yeah. And, but I, I think they'll be self. Put them on the right road yeah. and let them go, man. Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna point them down the road. Yeah, it's their job to stay on it, and yeah. I think they're gonna do just fine at it because they'll because they'll enjoy learning it. Yeah, and they will, you know, if um, school signed off, I can do a class YouTube channel. Yeah. So, um, you know, they get to show their parents like what they've been working on, all their friends. That's so they're, cool. So they're gonna work hard at it. Yeah, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, I look forward to seeing how it turns out, man. All right, brother. Well, thanks again. Yeah, thanks and for we'll, having me. We'll let this thing go, and we'll we'll catch you on the next one. Perfect. Thanks, guys.